We are hosting today's broadcast from the lands of the Karingai people. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Throws a gap wedge right out. Have a look at him move! Blink can you miss it? He's playing darts. Everyone else is playing golf. Heads down the leg side and they've got their man. He's brave. He's strong. He wins the derby. And the best team in baseball wins it all. Everyone on their feet. Stuff of boyhood dreams. Listen to that crowd roar. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Great to have you over the next three hours. Huge show coming up. And right alongside me, as always, Dean Bulldog Richie. We've got a few little technical issues this morning, Dino, but we'll work through these. Good morning, my friend. Some terrific football last night and uh, just can't wait to see Parramatta versus um, uh, Melbourne again. That was another tremendous contest on Saturday night. Good morning, Dino. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Good morning, everybody. A terrific night of rugby league, Ray. We had a a send-off out there at Bathurst. We had a golden point down there in Melbourne in a super game, as you Mm. say, Ray. And then, of course, last night we had that wonderful Canberra comeback, 22-0 down against Gold Coast, and they recorded a 24 22 victory. Stunning stuff down there in the capital. What do they say, Dino? A game of two halves? Literally was last night. And it, interesting that when the Canberra players were asked what Ricky Stewart said to him at half time, you'd think they would have got a group one roast, but instead Ricky was pretty measured and just told him to go back to basics and then Jack White just took control of the football game in the second half. Yeah, he was quite calm last night. Ricky, mm. maybe getting him off that sideline might be the best thing for his <laughs> Heart rate, yeah. Matt Tomoko was very good mm. in the centres too. It actually was Ricky's 200th game as Canberra coach, right? And the only other bloke to have done that is Tim Sheens. So, yeah, it was mm. a big night down there for the Raiders. I must say, though, Ray, I was stunned at the stupidity of Mitch Barnett, the Newcastle yeah. forward, elbow to the face uh, in that game against Penrith. Uh, first player dismissed for 2020. What, what's he get for that, Dino? Oh, gee, Ray. Look, he might get a grade three for a striking charge, but he also could be just referred straight yeah. to the judiciary. Look, I think six, in a, eight weeks, maybe? Yeah, or? I was thinking four to six. Okay. Yeah. So, but look, the Knights hung in there. They were courageous, but in the end, they just couldn't overcome 12 men for, uh, what's that, sort of 49, 50-odd mm. minutes in that game. Yeah, that was out of Bathurst. Penrith, 38. Knights, 20. Uh, the other two games yesterday, in Golden Point, the Eels 28 over Storm 24, a classic game, and the Raiders, big fight back in the second half, 24-22. Earlier games in this round, back on Friday night, the Warriors 16 defeated the Tigers 12, and South Sydney 28 got on the board for Jason Demetrio, the Roosters 16. And back on Thursday night, the Sharks made a bit of a statement, Dino. Nico Hines, we've mentioned him a couple of times already this season. He's a tremendous buy for the Sharks. 36 against St. George, 12. The Sharks far, far too good. Just back to that Eels-Storm game. There's, there's been some classics between these two clubs in recent years, and that was one of the games of the season so far, Dino. Yeah, it was a wonderful game. Two quality sides, Ray. Mm-hmm. Rugby league doesn't get any better when it's played by two sides that have high class. And you know what, Ray, I always love our great game when accidental heroes become Mm. the hero. Ray Stone, Stone. the bloke who would put last 
on a list of who would be the hero. He scores two tries. Both bounce of the ball go his mm. way. He does his knee as he goes across the line. How, how bad's that, Tina? They're checking this morning with scans. Yeah. It doesn't look great, though, from what I understand, Ray. Yeah. I hope it's not an ACL. You could see it buckle, couldn't you? When you he, could. Yeah, when he did the little sidestep. You and, could. Uh, but uh, uh, the kick, of course, from Mitchell Moses. The field goal hits the post, rebounds back. But you know what? Luck favours those that put mm. in, Ray. And, and Ray Stone was the only one that really chased, chased that field goal. Yeah, and yeah. for that, he was rewarded. And it was a great win. Two tries for Ray Stone. And Parramatta, really, as yeah. I said in the show a couple of weeks ago, Ray, for me, they are the real deal. We've had a lot of false starts, a lot of false dawns over many years mm. since 1986, but I truly believe that they will be right there at the death this year and they could snap this unbelievably frustrating drought. Yeah, I think they are the real deal. They'll go a long, long way. Two more games to complete round three of the NRL today. The Broncos take on the Cowboys in a terrific clash at four o'clock. Then the Man- Manly Seagulls take on the Canterbury Bulldogs. That's the 6 p.m. game. Dino, so much fantastic sport in the last seven days or so. We'll go to the AFL just quickly. Some score updates there. My men Carlton keep winning, Dino. On Thursday night, 102 against the Doggies, 90s. That's two out of two. Two for Carlton, first time in a decade they've begun with successive wins. Um, the Swannies, 107 versus Geelong, 77 on Friday night. We'll come back to that game very quickly in a second. And yesterday, Collingwood, 100 versus Adelaide, 58. Brisbane, 97 versus Essendon, 75. Hawthorne, beginning well under Sam Mitchell, the new coach this season, 120 against a very lacklustre Port Adelaide, 56. Melbourne, 82 over the Gold Coast, 69. Three games to complete round two in the AFL today. North Melbourne versus West Coast. Richmond versus the Giants. And Fremantle versus St Kilda. But it was all about Friday night. It was all about the SCG. It was all about that moment. Lance Buddy Franklin kicks his 100th goal deep into the final, like the thousandth goal, deep into the final term. Becomes only the sixth player in AFL history, Dino, to kick 1,000 goals. A piece of Australian sporting history on Friday night. Yeah, certainly incredible scenes, weren't they, Ray? Some memories to stick with you for life. And anyone who was at that ground that night will forever mm. remember that moment. Uh, it's one that they'll tell their grandkids about. Going to ask you a question, Ray. Mm. There's vision out there of the bloke who caught the ball. <laughs> if you caught it, would you give it back to Buddy? As the Swans have asked, they've said, please give Buddy that ball. What chance have they got? <laughs> oh. And or if you did give it back, mm. what would you want in return? Gee. Lots I'm of a, money. I'm a marshmallow, so my conscience would get the better of me. But for the, the gentleman, I'd be straight it, on eBay. Good luck to him. He could probably name his own price. Seriously, couldn't he? Because oh, an extraordinary, just a piece of Australian moment. sporting history. Just into context, the only other players to kick a thousand goals or more: the great Tony Lockett with thirteen hundred and sixty goals, Gordon Coventry kicked twelve hundred and ninety-nine, Jason Dunstall twelve hundred and fifty-four. Doug Wade, 1,057, and the great Gary Albert, 1,031. An elite club, Dino, and the way the modern game is played, the chances of another player kicking 1,000 goals, it mightn't happen in our lifetime because of those six that have kicked the 1,000, you could essentially say four of them were old-fashioned, genuine full forwards, and the, the game has really changed now. I was going to say this, Ray. I, I, I look at Buddy on the field and... He's so full of bravado and cheek and his goal celebrations are so out there. But when he's interviewed, 
He's quite quiet. He's quite filler, yeah. Yeah, I was quite stunned. And I've never had the pleasure of interviewing Buddy. He's mm. AFL. I write about rugby league. But I was quite stunned to hear him after the game how measured he was, almost reserved. I'm yeah. thinking, gee, it's different from the bloke I see on the field with these try celebrations, oh, try goal celebrations, yeah. which are so uh, sort of extravagant. So it was he's lovely real, to hear. He's a real team orientated player and um, just an extraordinary talent and one of the all time great players, as his record now suggests. He's 35. There's talk of him going on for another year at least. He's physically very, very fit, still really mobile and obviously a terrific target up forward for the Swans. So just fantastic scenes there with Buddy Franklin kicking the thousand. Also during the week, Dino, Australia won that third test match in Pakistan. Usman Khawaj has had a series to remember, 496 runs at an average of 165 back in his country of birth. Congratulations to him. Steve Smith brought up 8,000 test runs during that final test, Dino, the fastest ever to reach that landmark in test cricket history and the only man to bring up his 8,000 test runs with an average of above 60. So some significant uh, moments there, but particularly for the Australian team, winning 1-0 that series against Pakistan. Yeah, it turned out to be a wonderful declaration there from Pat Cummings. Australia played the long game, Ray. They, they, they played the winning game in the end. They were very patient. And, uh, you know, they won the series on day 15 of a 15-day yeah, series. In the final so, session. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to win in, in, in Pakistan, as we know, and that win certainly cements Australia's place at the top of the ICC rankings. And as you said, Ray, Usman Khawaja, 496 runs, two centuries, two fifties, but those two, two, two fifties were two nineties. Yeah, yeah. Let's not forget that. And just repeating what you said, Ray, an average of 165. Talking of champions... Mm. What about Ash Barty? Gee, I, I was hit for six, Ray, that no one she that would coming. retire at yeah. 25. Good luck to her. I think it's absolutely fantastic. But in terms of shock value, she certainly uh, sent a nation reeling. Yeah. You know what? She does things her way um, and does it with a smile on her face. And I think even though selfishly as sports lovers, Dina, you love her to keep playing on and winning more majors, you know, more power to her. She wants to do other things in her life and... When you think about it, Dino, travelling around the world, living out of a suitcase nine, ten months of the year, it'll wear you down after a while, wouldn't it? Career record, Ray, 305 wins for 75% success rate, Mm. 15 titles, number one since June 2019, and American dollars earnings of $24 million. But you know what? It's not about stats or money, isn't it? It's Mm. about humility. It's about grace. It's about the smile on her face. It's got all that. She's classy, yet she's a knockabout. Yeah. She's a wonderful, wonderful ambassador. Whatever ho- the future holds for Ash Barty, it's, I'm sure it'll be success and more success because that's the sort of person that she is. She gravitates um, people towards her because of, as you said, Dina, her humility and uh, just a wonderful sports person. And we wish her all the best in whatever the future holds. Tim Zhu's got a huge fight today. It's not a world championship fight. It's effect- effectively a world title eliminator because the winner of this fight against Terrell, is it Gorsha Dino? I think it is. Uh, Gorsha. Gorsha. The winner will get a world title fight. Um, Sue's the favourite, 20-0 against Gorsha, who's 22-2-1 in that super welterweight division. He's out to make a statement today. Yeah, it's his American debut, as you say. He's unbeaten Ray. Uh, number one contender at WBO, number three in the IBF and WBC, and number five 
by Ring Magazine. Now, Gorshay has fought for world titles, Ray. Mm. He's been a national champion. A good fighter. And a former Olympian. So this will be a true test. They both made weight yesterday. Uh, took Tim Zoo a little bit of sort of dieting mm. to get there. We'll have Ben Damon on after 9 o'clock. He's over there in Minneapolis to bring us right up to date with the Zoo fight, which kicks off around... We think 2 o'clock this afternoon, yeah. Ray. So it's going to be a big, big day for Tim Zoo, And, of course, American fans are getting right behind Tim because they certainly haven't forgotten the impact the that the great yeah. Costa had over yeah. there in the States as well. And for our listeners, you can watch that fight on main event. We'll get more details when we do cross to Benny Damon in America just after 9am. It's interesting because you know, he didn't have to take this fight. He was next in line for that world title shot. But I guess a couple of things. Tim Zhu wants to show the American sports fans and boxing fans he is the real deal. And secondly, he wants to make a statement and basically say, I'm ready to go, get more experience and get ready for that world title shot. He couldn't do much more in Australia, Ray. He'd yeah. done everything out here. And, you know, all boxers want to go to America, Ray, mm-hmm. but it's up to the trainer and his management team to hold them back until the time's right. And obviously the time right now, is spot on for Tim Zoo. He's ready for America, and I think America is ready for Tim Zoo. So, yeah, I, I think he'll do very well, Ray. Look, I'm not going to make any silly predictions. It's a step up in class for Tim Zoo, but he is, I think, at his peak physically. Mentally, he's very tough, mm. and I think he can go over there, as you say, Ray, and make that statement. Just flick over to racing, Ray. Uh, yesterday, oh. postponement. Run us through the, uh, the background and how it all unfolded out there. Uh, at Rose Hill. Sydney's rain, do you know? It's Again. been relentless. And during the running of race two, we had rain early in the morning. The track was downgraded to a heavy nine prior to the first race. Um, then torrential rain hit the course during the running of race two. Visibility was very, very poor. Track was downgraded to a heavy 10. It was waterlogged. The jockeys went and met the stewards after race two, and there was... We all thought the meeting might be called off then, but given the significance of this Group 1 meeting and how important it is going forward into the championships next weekend, the jockeys collectively made a decision to try and continue with such an important race meeting. But after the running of the third race, which was won by Mount Popper, um, jockeys came back in, straight back into the stewards' room again. You've got experienced horses in that field, blundering and losing their footing. It was a real safety concern. The tracks are just waterlogged, Dino, and there was really no other option. When it comes to a safety issue, there were no no other options but to postpone the meeting. Then what do you do with it? You had two Group 1 races, the Tancred and the Vinery Stud, plus some significant races going into the championships. The Tullock Stakes is an important derby lead-up, and the Doncaster Prelude, the winner gets into the Doncaster next Saturday. So you've got to run these races. There was a thought of maybe pushing everything back a week. There is a spare weekend late in April with just benchmark racing after the carnival. So if you pushed everything back a week, it would seem to work. But the problem with that is, you know, people have made bookings to come from interstate and all around New South Wales to come to Randwick next Saturday to attend Derby Doncaster today. It's not as easy as just pushing everything back a week. So after a lot of consideration and there was a lot of options discussed, it was decided that those seven races that weren't run yesterday, obviously featuring the two Group 1 races, will be run at Newcastle tomorrow. Now, Newcastle was racing yesterday as well, you know, on a heavy eight. There was some showers about and there's more showers forecast for today and tomorrow. But Newcastle is one of the best draining tracks in the country. 
and talking to Dwayne Dow, the Newcastle Jockey Club CEO, late yesterday, he said no issue at all. We'll be racing Monday on a really good surface. They've moved the rail out from the winning post to the 402 metres, back in the true from the top of the straight. So, look, I think given the circumstances and the safety issues, the right decision was made yesterday. It's not ideal, but... These weather conditions are just extraordinary. When will it stop raining, Dino? Seriously. Well, it's Doncaster Derby Day next Saturday, right? We've got another week oh. ahead of us, if you yeah. believe the forecast of rain. So how do you think that Randwick track will race next Saturday? It's had a bit of a reprieve since we had those back-to-back Saturdays of heavy 10. So at three weeks off, we'll be a month off when we get to Derby Doncaster Day. So look, the ATC track officials led by Navesh Ramdani and Michael Wood. They're confident they've got a track in good condition. Just depends how much rain we get back half of the week. I think the two worst days for the rain that are forecast this week, Dino, is for today and for tomorrow. And then after that, we've just got showers, which unfortunately keeps topping everything up. But as long as we don't get anything like we saw yesterday, that was torrential. Talking to a, to a lot of the jockeys, jockeys like Kerry McAvoy, who's ridden all over the world, he said he hasn't ridden in conditions quite as deplorable as that. Um, it was unsafe. And as I said, you know, they had to postpone the rest of the day. What's our talk topic, right? Is it shock retirement? I think Dino? it might be. Have you got one? Yeah, so shock early retirement. Mm. That's our talk topic for the day, given, obviously, Ash Barty's decision to quit tennis. The one I could think of, Ray, that came to my mind immediately was the one and only Mark Eller, Mm. one of my boyhood heroes. Absolutely loved Mark. Know him these days, and I always loved watching him play. Mark retired from the Wallabies at 25. Yeah. The The same age. Same age as Ash Barty. Probably getting better. Correct. So I'll go Mark Eller as Mm. someone who's retired before their time, and you look back and you sort of wonder yeah. what they, you know, what could have been had they start stuck around. But you, 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 you can't begrudge mm. people wanting to live their lives. Correct. And Ash and Mark wanted to do that, and they're going to do that. So yeah, I'll go Mark Ella. Gee, has been a lot in horse racing. Then I could pick a million good colts that have retired early or whatever. But I'll go to, back to tennis. And when Bjorn um, Borg, Bjorn Borg retired. After he John McEnroe beat him when he was going for his sixth consecutive Wimbledon championship, McEnroe beat him in four sets there in 1981. And Bjorn Borg just wasn't the same. And he retired for about three years by memory, Dino. Then he tried to come back and technology had changed. The wooden rackets were went out with yesteryear. He came back with a wooden racket and tried to pick up where he left off and he just couldn't do it. It was sort of sad. It was like watching an old fighter coming back in the ring one more time. But when he retired, I think he was about 26 years of age and he was at the peak of his career. But the fame and, the, and everything that went with it, he just... He didn't want that life. He wanted a, a quieter life. And I, I'd go beyond Borg. Ray, after we have Ben Damon on at 10 past nine this morning, at 9.20, we have the mm. chairman of the Bears, mm. Daniel Dixon, coming on. They've got a proposal and a plan, a quite a detailed plan as to whether they can be the 18th franchise. And there was talk last week about the 18th franchise and the NRL are pushing ahead Absolutely. with that 18th club coming into the competition, Dino. I think by 24 or 25, they might start to look. But the Bears have got, a, as I said, a detailed plan. So it'd be very interesting to see what Daniel Dixon's got to say because there's Mm. so many Bears fans out there still, Ray, from the yesteryear. And I think, personally, I'd love to see the Bears back. Let's see what Daniel's got to say. But I think it'd be a great thing for rugby league. I think the NRL was sort of indicating New Zealand or Perth might be the front runners. But you're close to it, Dino. Seriously, what chance... 
of the Bears being reincarnated, so to speak. I think the Bears have to come forward with a uh, not a left field proposal, right? But mm. and I know this is going to be true. They're not just going to come forward and say, "Let's play our games at North Sydney Oval." It's not going to be like that. Yeah, it's going to be a bit outside the square. Daniel Dixon will bring us up to speed. Mm. Obviously, you're going to have maybe a, a, a Wellington proposal. And, of course, Perth is the other main one. So it'd be fascinating to hear what he's got to say. And we might even rev, uh, rev Big Zorba up. He'll have, a, he'll have an opinion. Oh, of course he will. <laughs> he doesn't like those damn bears, does he? A, well, our talk topic today is shock retirements in sport after Ash Barty's decision to retire from tennis. But also, as Dino has um, brought up, the potential the North Sydney Bears trying to get back into the NRL competition. That will create a lot of debate. So call us on 135353, SMS 0419767272. Listen to Dino and Rowan, the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. What a spectacle. It's in the history books. Never talk got up on the inside, went to the lead. Mayrose tracked it through. Wider Miss Ciccone contributing factor. Crystal Breeze Papali runs on, but never talk. Never talk, dashed away and never talk. Best of Bordeaux, bravely in the lead from Coolangatta. Coming through is Fireburn with a big run off the fence. And Fireburn charges home and gives Gary Portelli second golden sliver. But here comes King Kyrgios to the outside. Zippy Kyrgios winds up with a powerful run. And he's charged to the front in the country classic. Zippy Kyrgios races away. And the King is the hero tonight. Own the moment. Sky Sports Radio. What makes a masterpiece? A showcase of stallion power. The autumn sun blazes in spring, bolts in six lakes. A gallery of Group One winners. Stronger, too much stronger. An exquisite collection. And yearning won the thousand guineas by a leap. Arrowfield Inglis Easter Draft, our greatest works of art. Find your masterpiece at Arrowfield at Inglis Easter 2022. Beloved Panthers, I never knew it was possible to watch every game, every round live with no ad breaks in play. We have KO now. Let's go back to back, Gary. Never miss a moment of the team you love, KO Sports. Race into autumn with the Royal Musselbrook Cup Day, Friday, April 1, featuring the Royal Musselbrook Gold Cup. Enjoy exhilarating horse racing, plus fashions on the field, great entertainment and quality food. Get your tickets now at musselbrookraceclub.com.au. 200 metres up, life is good, is the leader. Country Grammar second, Hot Rod Charlie continues to gain ground towards the inside. Life is good with a target on his back. Country Grammar getting the upper hand, draws alongside and Country Grammar with his date with destiny in front a length and a half. Country Grammar won the Dubai World Cup. Hot Rod Charlie ran second, Chua was at third. Life is good, Dylan Go the 2,000 metres ran fourth. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show. That was Country Grammar, trained by Bob Baffert, ridden by the great Frankie Dettori, winning the Dubai World Cup overnight. Frankie Dettori's fourth win in the Dubai World Cup. Race replay time, Dino. Dino, we've only got three to replay from Rose Hill. We'll go straight into the midway handicap. Tampering, ridden by Tom Sherry, got the job done in the opener. 
Buggy B just in front from Wine Time. Two lengths clear from Dampering. Then came Bob's Your Uncle. Two up going between runners. Dalalat to the outside. The favourite still four lengths off the lead. It's Wine Time being joined by Tampering the inside. And Tampering races to the lead now with two up going to second. Then came Enduring Night. Dalalat not picking up. It's Tampering two and a half clear from two up in Enduring Night. And Tampering first up from the break is going to win rather comfortably here. Bob of the Heads for second between two up and Enduring Night. A good gap back on. Yeah, Tampering got the job done in the opener. On to race two when the torrential rain hit Rose Hill. It didn't stop Williamsburg. El Padrino under plenty of pressure now. Machalade's making ground. So is Victorine. Coming down the outside is Williamsburg. And uh, making good ground here is Moco by the looks of it. Coming down the outside. Moco moves up to Williamsburg. They're slogging it out here. Williamsburg and the white cap from Moco. Stride for stride. Williamsburg and Moco. Williamsburg the inside from Moco. And Williamsburg has beaten Moco. Machalade third. Get back to Victorine. Then Besmarty. You could tell there, Dino, that Darren Fundell was struggling just to see them at the top of the straight there. The rain was so bad, but Williamsburg did hold off Moco to win the Shrep of Essence. On to race three, the jockeys decide to give it one more go in the Neville Selwood Stakes for Team Hawks. Mount Popper held off Polly Gray. Spirit Ridge from Baroni. Mount Popper three up. Polly Gray looking for a bit of room as Sky Lab whips up on the outside in front of Yonkers. Going to the 300 metres and Mount Popper moved up on the outside of Moroni to take the lead. Polly Gray's into the clear. Two behind Mount Popper. Wider out is Sky Lab. 200 metres to run. Mount Popper a length on Moroni. Polly Gray she's starting to put in good strides now. Mount Popper three quarters to Polly Gray. Mount Popper he's kicking strongly from Polly. She's got the job to get there. Mount Popper Popper on the heavy, 10 kicked and won. Mount Popper just beat Polly Gray. Photo for third, Maroney and Alakahar. And Dino, that was all she wrote at Rose Hill. The track conditions just so treacherous and the meeting postponed after that third event. The next seven races will be run, as I said earlier, at Newcastle tomorrow. Speaking of Newcastle, the Provincial Midway Championship qualifier held there yesterday. It was the final event. Tracy Bartley's Barossa Rosa got a trip to Randwick. Barossa Rosa cut the corner. Pandora blew at the 300. Three clear. Barossa Rosa runs to second. Then followed Divine Breath. Grand Rumeur trying to pick up the pieces late at the 150. Pandora Blue tackled by Barossa Rosa. Then Poseidon Ruler. Grand Rumeur very late. Barossa Rosa hasn't gone round a horse. Clear. Grand Rumeur runs to second. But Barossa Rosa's too good. Won the qualifier a length and a half. Good ride too. Second in Grand Rumeur. Third in Poseidon Ruler. Yeah, great ride by Jeff Penzer on the win. Didn't go around a horse, Barossa Rosa, into the final at Ramwick, as is Grand Ramore. On to Mornington yesterday, a horse who just keeps on winning, Crystal Pegasus, wins the Mornington Cup and gets his start in the Caulfield Cup later this year. Going up on the outside, Crystal Pegasus. He's taken the lead from Pondus. Pondus has to rally, and he does just that. Crystal Pegasus and Pondus. It's on the outside. Williams on Crystal Pegasus. Mickey D. Pondus. Crystal Pegasus takes the lead. Four on the march, and he takes the Ned Mornington Cup by a length to Pondus. Two lengths away to do start defibrillate. Then came Whitehawk Sacramento. That horse absolutely flying for Chris Walladino. His fourth win on the bounce and Crystal Pegasus with that Moynton Cup win is guaranteed a start in the Caulfield Cup later this year. Well, as we mentioned earlier, Dino, that the conditions at Rose Hill yesterday were just extraordinary. And a, a young man who rode in all three races, won the opener on tampering, 
our leading apprentice, Tom Sherry, has been good enough to join us this morning. Tom, good morning. And well, firstly, congratulate, congratulations with the tampering win in the opener. But after that, Tom, the conditions just got worse and worse. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Um, it was a... Uh... The track was obviously a, a heavy track before we before we got to Rose Hill and we had a really heavy downpour of rain just before the first race and um it just it, the water was just sort of sitting on top and um mm. when we when we went canter to the gates to the first race, uh it was yeah, it was very very mushy and you know, the water wasn't wasn't the rain wasn't quite set into the track yet, so um when we did race, it was very shifty and there was a lot of kickback. And um, although it was tough for the jockeys' uh, vision in behind, um, I think the horses' welfare uh, was also was also a concern because they were trying hard, but they just weren't getting through. I don't think mm. even a heavy tracker was was struggling to get through it. So. Um, the conditions was very tough there yesterday, also. Absolutely, it got worse as I said that downpour after the or during the second, and then uh, the decision was made to try and go one more time, but. Look at the beaten margins, Tom. Horses were getting beaten 30, 40, 50, 60 lengths. Yeah. I mean, I, I rode a horse that, you know, um, Blue Soldier, David Payne's, it, it won on a heavy 10. And I, I had to pull him up. He, he just didn't get through it. Um, that was mm. in the third race. And um, I think, obviously, every, every horse um, every horse is a concern. But you you keep pressing on and you you start running group one races on it with, you know, high quality and, and very expensive um, mirrors and coats. It's, you know, it's a, that's when I, that's when I get to the business side of things. Tom, you've ridden obviously back home in Ireland multiple years. Have you seen any conditions quite like what we witnessed yesterday out there at um, uh, Rose Hill? I've, I've never ridden on a, I've never ridden on a track like that uh, before. Well, wow. um, it was, I suppose, I think the tough, the, the track in Ireland, they, you know, they handle the rain a, a bit better than than um, the ones in Australia do. Uh, and I, 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 yeah, I've never, I've never went through a went through a track a track like that yesterday. Extraordinary. Well, you did win the the opener, as I said, Tom on tampering, and he was first up. But um, he, he's one of those horses who did enjoy those track conditions. Yeah, and I, I was saying yesterday, you know, um, Kerry Parker was probably a huge credit to him because he told me the horse had no jump out of home and obviously it had no official trial mm-hmm. um, so you know to get through it a track like, like that yesterday you know, over 1300 forced up was a huge effort from him and his team and um, the horse obviously handled the, the track quite well um, better than the rest yeah. and uh, it was a, it was a good win um, well placed you know but obviously he was a quality horse in the race being top weight um, but he he um, got the job done nicely and uh, hopefully he can press on again Exactly. Well, we're off to Newcastle tomorrow, Tom, to run those final seven races. And one of your best rides is Expat in the Emancipation Stakes. And we know about Expat. She enjoys wet track conditions. Newcastle's a great draining track, but I think it's fair to say, Tom, we will be looking at a track soft seven, heavy eight almost for sure. Yeah, that would be, uh, you know, I think um, it's a great decision from, from the trainers and, and racing New South Wales to to put the meeting on on tomorrow at Newcastle, um, I know there was thoughts of putting the carnival back a week, but you know there's a lot of trainers and and horses that are already prepared for the for the set date, so mm. it's a it's a great decision. Um, and the track, as you said, Newcastle is probably the best best training and wet track um, in the state. So hopefully we do get a get a soft seven would we'll, we'll be perfect for for most most horses. And um, Expat will definitely handle the handle the wet.
uh, I think I think it's a it's a nice track for her there because um, we can hold on to her, hold on to her for a little bit longer at Newcastle with the long straight and um, she should prove hard to beat. Yeah, she'll be tough to run down. Look, Tom, really appreciate you coming on this morning. Very tough conditions for horse and jockey yesterday. Fortunately, all got around safely. The right decision was made, and we'll do it all again tomorrow at Newcastle, Tom. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, There's Tom Sherry, Sydney's leading apprentice, and there you go, Dino. He's ridden in Ireland, hasn't seen conditions quite like that. As I said, most of Sydney's top jockeys said it was the worst conditions they have ridden in. Ray, some text messages have come in for our talk topic, shock retirement. Steve writes in, good morning, boys. Shock retirement, Damien Martin in the middle of the 2006-07 Ashes series, which is a good one. No name on this one. Craig Johnston from soccer. Uh, Matt uh, texts in, Ray, where is it? Here it is. Hey, boys, Bobby Jones retired at 28 with nine major championships. Oh, there you go. And Gaza from Lumia. Echoes many by saying the great Shane Gould, who retired at 16, Ray. That's right, 16. Unbelievable. Best in the world here at the time. She won three golds in the 72 Olympics at Munich, two 400 and 800, uh, won a gold in the uh, silver in the 1500, and a bronze in the 100. And at the time, you know, she had every world record in the freestyle from 100 to 1500. What a swimmer! And yeah, she she retired way way too soon. Plenty of people want to have their say also on the open line. Mark's there. Mark, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Terrific. What do you got for us, Mark? Mate, um, my shock one was Casey Stoner, MotoGP. Yeah. How old, Mark? Daddy and that world champion, and just yeah, up and he was only early twenties when he decided to pack it in. Yeah, he was at the peak of his powers, wasn't he, Mark? He was world champion as you said and um Yeah, yeah. He'd gone from Ducati to uh Honda. Mm-hmm. Mickey Dawn, I think, yeah. That's right, yeah. But um yeah, apparently he had some sort of sickness or something, um oh, what was it? You know, when you're always feeling tired, you can't get out of bed, something fatigue. like that. Fatigue. Yeah, chronic fatigue I think mm. got him, something like that. Yeah, no, it's no, he yeah, was, it was a, sad, but he was he was he was a lunatic on a two wheel. <laughs> he was a phenomenal talent. Good call, Mark. I'd forgotten about Casey Stoner. He was, as I said, just a phenomenal talent, Dino. But um, yeah, he chose other things. Craig's on the line. Craig, good morning. Good morning, Ray and Dean. Uh, Mitch Barnett should be referred straight to judiciary and six mm. to eight weeks. And well done to our cricketers over in the hall. Yeah, good on you, Craig. Yeah, what do you think, Dino? Yeah, I think you mentioned that earlier, didn't you? I straight? think Craig is right. I think it might well be referred. You know, it's an elbow to the face. Mm. It's, it's that went out thirty years ago in our game. For more reports, Ray, Mitch Barnett is a terrific fella. Yeah, I'm not yeah, trying snap. to condone it. Yeah. It was a brain snap, but it was no intent. It was nothing deliberate. It was just silly, and it was a brain explosion. But he's going to have to pay. And you know what, Ray? These are the kind of moments in Myers that can really derail a campaign. Mm. I, I hope it doesn't. For the fact. Of the Newcastle Knights fans, but I think personally, you get a bloke in there who does that kind of a, 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 a brain fade, mm. and he gets six to eight weeks. You lose one of your gun players. It's a moment you look back on in three months, saying, "You know what? That's when our season turned around." On a similar theme, the Raiders fight back in the second half last night. That could define their season. That'll give them belief because they were the games they were losing last year. Dino, normally they'd lose close games. They they found a way to lose more and win. 
so often last season, but they found a way to win last night. They didn't play well. They played poorly in the first half, but that could define their season potentially. Old Pete's on the line. Old Pete, good morning. Good morning, Ray. How are um, you, mate? You feeling better this week? Yeah. Oh, a little bit, but I'm in the horrors. Yeah. Oh, I hope I'm top it off, yeah. Oh, anyway, mm. um, I'm on my feet. Well, that's uh, good news. Well, I hope yeah, you're feeling better, old Pete. My uh, latest was Herb Elliott retiring after the 1960. Great call. He won mm. me about 100 metres, then fastest time at, then mm. at the Olympics. And I think it was a world record. It was, and yeah. He retired, never, never made a comeback. Yeah, he retired never, unbeaten. unbeaten. Yeah, unbeaten at the 1,500 and a miler. Mile or 1,500 yeah. and yeah. Retired age 22, and gee, what an athlete yeah. he was, old Pete. He was, he an was abs- sensational, yeah. He, he was the best. And um, I remember reading a book, Dino, um, about his coach, and um, they had a cup of coffee the night before the final in Rome. And Herb Elliott was saying, I'm getting nervous because I'm not nervous enough. He used to run at his best when he was really, really nervous and and just read a rock and roll, so to speak. And the night before the final, he was too relaxed. But then he came out and just was absolutely brilliant. And I think that time would have made every final pretty much through until uh, the most recent Olympics. A phenomenal athlete, Herb Elliott. We better take a quick break on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Listen to Dino and Ray. Hunter's Postmortem with Ron Duffersey. When you get to these grand finals, you, you take bad luck out of the equation if you've got a predominant cult like him. Glenn Munsey was a case of the best horse in the race written to show that he was the best horse. Dean Lester wasn't as fresh as he was two weeks ago where he probably was just concentrating on getting him to switch off and ultimately it meant position running was against him, but Saturday he knew that he could chop and change his tempo a bit. Hunter's Postmortem, Monday 9am, Racing HQ. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, boots and high-vis gear. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G and stand out in the crowd. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Fuse by King G, now in store. With 28 Group 1 winners since 2018, eight that could have been purchased for $200,000 or less, Inglis Easter is the sale most likely to find you a Group winner. Catalogue available now for the auction on April the 5th and 6th. Visit inglis.com.au. Mum, we've got a great Bingley offer for amateur chefs like us. I'm not that amateur. A bonus Woolworths supermarket e-gift card up to $400. With selective kitchen and laundry appliances. If you cook like Mum, you can buy lots of food to practice. If you cook like Lino, you'll need lots of washing powders for your clothes. Get a bonus Woolworths supermarket e-gift card with selected kitchen and laundry appliances at Bingley. Australian family owned for 65 years. Race into autumn with the Royal Musselbrook Cup Day, Friday, April 1, featuring the Royal Musselbrook Gold Cup. Enjoy exhilarating horse racing, plus fashions on the field, great entertainment and quality food. Get your tickets now at musselbrookraceclub.com.au. Footy season is back, Ray, and you'll never miss a moment with KO Sports, the team you love every game of every round, live and ad break free in play. Watch the final three games of round three this afternoon. Uh, well, that should be final Two games, mm, yep. Mm-hmm. which is the Broncos taking on the Cowboys and then the Seagulls facing off against the Bulldogs exclusively on Fox League, available on KO. New to KO, start your free trial today.
comes true. Australia's Ash Barty is Wimbledon champion. Tears of joy for Ash Barty, and I don't know about you at home, but I've got tears in my eyes. This is one of those iconic sporting moments in Australian history. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Interesting, Dino, that Ash Barty said after she won Wimbledon, she started to think about retirement because that was the one goal she set herself in her tennis career. But I think going out, winning the Australian Open was fantastic. John from Enmore has chimed in, Dino. Good morning, guys. Shane Gilder just won three gold medals at the 72 Olympics, and she did hold every freestyle record when she retired at the age of 16. But to me, that was even bigger shock announcement than Ash retire- Ash's retirement. But then John says, there's one from left field, Dino. <laughs> Another one was Judith Durham quitting the Seekers in <laughs> 1968 <laughs> just as they were about to knock off the Beatles and the Rolling Stones from the top of the charts. He said that was huge news at the time. He's showing his age. Producer Steve's rolling his eyes. Good morning, Richie Callender. You'd be a Seekers fan, wouldn't you? Oh, one of the great, one of the great, aren't they? <laughs> they're, they're more Bulldogs uh, vintage, though, Ray, not yours and mine. I'm happy to get our birth certificates out. <laughs> <laughs> I was a Y50 last week, Dean. Oh, oh that's right. Enough. Yeah, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Yeah, well done. Hey, Rich, um, extraordinary scenes yesterday at Rose Hill. And I, I mentioned to Dino earlier that the stewards had no other option. The jockeys certainly were concerned about not only their safety, but the safety of the horses. And the right decision was made to postpone those last seven races. Oh, 100% race. As soon as you bring the word safety into it, uh, the right decision is always going to be made um, uh, for, for the human and for the, for the animal. Yeah, I think it was a great, uh, a right decision. I would have loved being punning on Rose Hill, but yeah, um, I wish we could just you know go back and run the previous race maybe and we could see Polly Gray and Mount Popper again. <laughs> um, no, look, um, and, and, and I've got to commend Mark Van Gastel and in racing up Wales, the team they had they had plenty of phone conversations before they landed on racing in Newcastle tomorrow, and everything was explored, every option was explored. But uh, and racing up Wales and the industry are probably going to lose money, so mm. will on the uh, by holding tomorrow. But you know the owners, the participants, uh, they know that they're important, and, and that's why it's going to be held tomorrow. And, We'll be punting up a storm. Yeah, I actually thought originally it'd be best to push it back a week, but then it was explained to me, Rich, that like last year, for example, when the Golden Slipper was pushed back, there was still two weeks to the championships. We've got five days to the championships. People have made plans to travel to Sydney from all around the state and around the country, probably even some from overseas. It wasn't as simple as just pushing everything back a week. And also, Rich, we had to run some of these races yesterday that are so important, the Tancred and the binary start, obviously, but particularly the Doncaster prelude when it gets into the Doncaster next Saturday and the Tullock Stakes as a derby leader. But I think they've made the right call going Monday. Yeah, look, there was... Um, originally, I think a few of the options were going to put the Tancred back at the end of the carnival. We're going to try and run Wednesday this, maybe move work on Wednesday to Rose. You'll have the binary, but a lot of things just didn't fit in. Um, and, and then the best option... and. And I spoke to um, the big fellow yesterday, uh, Mr. Valandis, and mm-hmm. uh, he explained the, a, a lot of it. And, and, and there is different now commercial agreements. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it would have cost the industry too much money, uh, even more. So the right option has been run, to run, run tomorrow, no doubt. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. 
Rich, we didn't see a lot of racing yesterday for obvious reasons, but what you did see, what did you like? Yeah, look, I, 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 Ramwick and Rose Hill are so different in the tracks, and so many everyone comes up with options. Oh, this they got to move the tracks at this, they got to move this. But we're an outdoor sport, bulldog, and you just got to cop, cop some years when we've got um, rain like this. But the, the racing um, was good yesterday. We saw, I think, well, they were the two favourite, Polly Gray and Mount Popper. So. Um, there was the, the the right result in that race that they fought the finish out. The best racing was to come, Bulldog. I was sitting on the edge of the seat, ready to go. But uh, of, of what we saw, it, it looked safe. But that rain in that second mm. race, oh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't see. I don't think <clears throat> Darren Flanell could see. Mm. And what about the blokes that are travelling at 50 and 60k an hour? I felt for them. They're braver than me, Rich. Hey, Rich, you might know the answer. So I, I actually don't know. One of our listeners has just asked, the, the jockeys tomorrow, they're not up on... Uh, racing Australia when I last checked. For example, Jamie Carr, do you know if she's definitely coming back to ride at Newcastle tomorrow? I think you'll find out very early uh, uh, very early this morning that uh, everything will be sorted by 10am this morning, okay. what jockeys are going to be here and what aren't. There's a lot of a lot of reshuffling. We've got a charity golf day on for yeah, the Trainers yeah. Association tomorrow, so there's been a, a, late, a few late uh, pullouts from there, and I know that there's a huge promo Tomorrow, Randwick, it's going to go ahead. It's going to go ahead for the uh, for people to stand by. 10 o'clock start. <laughs> yeah, 10 o'clock start. And there'll be helicopters brought in to ferry people there at the Newcastle. It's uh, <laughs> Johnny Vellis from the Tab was running and Catherine Morgan on the phone. Um, yeah, a lot of things to, to sort out when you change so mm. quickly. But uh, as you said, right, I think, and I spoke to 30 trainers yesterday afternoon, we all finished on the best option was Newcastle tomorrow. Yeah. Rich, I've got to ask you, what did you do for your 50th? Did you have a wee tipple? <clears throat> Dean, um, the, the week before, uh, my brother, my late brother Matthew is a year and six days older than me, so we got a great surprise. My, my youngest brother, who's lived in America for um, going on 25 years this year, he flew in on the, uh, the Thursday morning on St. Patrick's Day, which would have been Matthew's birthday, and Went out for lunch for mum and with mum and dad, and then he stayed for the week to celebrate my fiftieth at Blue Iron. So that was the best. Oh, the lovely, best mate. present I got was to see my little brother. Yeah, that's, that sounds great. Hey, Rich, you know we ask the hard questions on this show. What are you playing off tomorrow, and how much star are you giving your golfing companions? I shan't be playing Ray. Oh, okay, uh, giving everyone a chance, uh, eh? <laughs> uh, like like Shane and, and Ash, uh, I retired early and uh, <laughs> before I reached my full potential, and so uh, no, no. no. <laughs> Can play, like Dino. Can play this man. What did you get down to, Rich? I got down. To, I got down to Nord Dean. Uh, oh, really? Know, wow. You don't have to give it. Any, that was Dean. I was. I was about oh, sixty kilos lighter. Uh, Hits the ball a country mile, Dino. A country mile that off was the stick. Used to use woods, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Rich. Yeah, just quickly, Rich. Our um, talk topic today is. <clears throat> I don't know if you heard his shock at retirements in sport, off the back of, obviously, Ash Barty's retirement at age 25. So many examples in racing, so many examples in sport. Have you got one, mate? Well, the first thing that I thought was the Darren Beeman one, but then, of course, uh, Darren spoke to the fella upstairs or whether wherever he is, uh, and he said, come back, you need to earn some more money. But, um, yeah, I don't know about that. I, I think Shane Gill's the first one that we all think of. Mm. I, I've had the pleasure of interviewing Shane Gill a couple of times, I found her story uh, absolutely magnificent. So I, I, I can't go past her. Oh, you know, the one thing I will say, and I even said this the other day, Ray, you get one life in this world, one life. That's mm. all you get. 
I admire Ash Barty that she's living the life she wants to live, and which is right. Yep. Why try and live the, the others? Oh, you shouldn't retire this. Why shouldn't she? Yeah. She's got different priorities. I admire her so much. She's an absolute superstar. Now, well said. My late father used to always say, Rich, the golden rule in life is you've got to be happy. And if that makes Ash Barty happy, more power for her. Hey, Rich, we'll see you at Newcastle tomorrow. I'll be there in the afternoon, Ray. And Bulldog, I, I know that we're talking about the Newcastle player with the elbow. Um, can you just explain to me, because you are the rugby league expert. We, we get up, I, I follow on social media, I just, where's Dean Ritchie? Where, I wonder what Dean, what Bulldog's doing, because he's the number one man. Can you just explain to me how Nelson, I sit on the sofa, Salomona, wasn't set off, not just him, wasn't even, they just said, oh, sorry, Nelson, we'll see what happens there later. It was a direct um, forearm to the head. He had plenty of time, and that is why the average person in the street starts to think there's different rules for different clubs. How wasn't he sat on his backside in the grandstand? It's a strange one, Rich. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you. It was funny. It seemed to slip by everybody. I didn't even notice it in play either. It was only a replay that it came to the, my attention that it looked really bad. As you said, it was a swing arm and it went whooshka and hit the parameter player right in the melon. So mm. at worst, Sinbin, or sorry, at best, Sinbin and possible send-off. So look, he'll be up today. There's no doubt the match review committee will catch up with Big Nelson and like... Mitch Barnett, I think he's looking at a stretch on the sideline, and so he should. No, I think, I think you're right, Dino. Okay, some huge racing on in New, in New South Wales today. Thanks, Richie Callender. As always, we'll talk next week. Tanya's in studio with a lot of scratchings given the wet tracks. I'll move over here, folks. Can you hear me now? That's better. Just trying to get closer to my husband here. Let's start with Wellington, where the weather is overcast. The track a heavy eight. The rail is true, and there are 31 scratchings. The first race, take out number one, one-way street, number one. Race two, number three, overthink. Four, two-star, seven, Glover, and nine, global encounter. Three, four, seven, and nine. Race three, number nine, Suva May. 10, Cupid's Kiss, and the emergencies 15, 16, and 17. 9, 10, 15, 16, and 17. From race 4, number 2, Extra Flash. 6, Willful Spirit. 9, Anazone. 10, Obey. Emergencies 16 and 18. 2, 6, 9, 10, 16, and 18. Race 5, number 2, Brotherly Secret. 6, What's In, and 10, Cracking Mo. 2, 6, and 10. Race 6, number 2, Savory. Emergencies 13, 14, and 15. 2, 13, 14 and 15. From race 7, number 8, Dapano. 10, Dolly Jane. 11, Nala Bell. The emergency, 17. 8, 10, 11 and 17. And out of race 8, number 2, Alpha Go. 6, It's Business Time. 7, Byzantium and the emergency, 13. 2, 6, 7 and 13 from race 8 at Wellington. Grafton, the weather is overcast, the track a heavy eight, the rail out five and a half metres from the 1200 to the winning post, four and a half the remainder and there are 24 scratchings. From race one, take out two, your, so your magic and 10 Kilmarnock, two and 10. Race two, number one, Inari Fox, three winning deal, 10 run, Peggy run and the emergency 12, one, three, 10 and 12. Race three, number one, Snaz and Charm, two green protector, Five Emma Rosa and ten Porta Fortuna. One, two, five, and ten from race four. Number two Bay Street. Four JB's Al Dente and eleven Sir Sester. Sir Sester, I think. 
Close enough. 2, 4 and 11 from race 4. Race 5, number 1, Happy Candy and 11, Razzle Dazzle, 1 and 11. From race 6, number 2, or 9, Flying Squad, Emergency, 16 and 17, 2, 9, 16 and 17. And from race 7, number 1, Brotherly Secret, 2, Snow Zone, 6, Lasting Kiss, 8, See It Through and 13, Freya's Cloak, 1, 2, 6, 8 and 13. Out of race 7, boys at Grafton. A lot of scratchings there, Tan. Thanks so much. Huge day at Wellington today, obviously. <clears throat> Wellington Boot and Wellington Cup Day. I think we can get the money in the last two races. In the Wellington Boot, race seven, number nine, Deep Expectation. Into race eight, number eight, Vascotto. Talented horse named after the lovely Nina Vascotto. So always emotional when Vascotto runs. Grafton today, Dino. I think we can get the money in the, in the first two races. Race one, number one, Tiomo into race two, number one, Anari Fox. As I said, huge mini at Wellington today. Wellington Boot, Wellington Cup, Wellington Town Plate. Fantastic showcase meeting and uh, hopefully they get a big crowd up there, Dino, at Wellington. Yeah, it should be a great day up there, Raymond. Mm. What excites you about going to country races, Ray? I, oh, I love country oh, racing. Yeah. I so, absolutely love it. Well, I grew up in, obviously in Tamworth and went to many, many bush meetings around that area, so... Wallabadar mean, which is no longer here anymore, sadly. That was country racing at its finest, Dino. And New Year's Day, 110 degrees. I just love getting there with oh, thongs and a T-shirt. I don't like getting in suits, right? It's not me. It's not you, Dino? It's not me at all, no. Particularly when I slop a bit of kebab down there about midnight. <laughs> we don't want to go there. <laughs> we better go to the news, though. Here it is, 8 o'clock on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Hello, I'm Sarah Warmby. Nurses and midwives across New South Wales have voted in favour of more strike action next week to demand better pay and staffing ratios. Sean Bindley reports. The 24-hour stoppage will be the second in six weeks. The state's shadow health minister, Ryan Park, says staff want urgent action. Our nurses and health workers have been saying that for some time now and it's an absolutely essential that the government prioritise safe staffing and adequate staffing right across our health and hospital system. Sean Bindley, Air News. Meantime, the Australian Medical Association is calling for urgent attention to the country's public health system in the wake of a damning report card. In Queensland, one in three people who need urgent emergency department care are not seen within the recommended 30 minutes. They're also waiting more than any other Australians for elective surgery. AMA Queensland President Chris Perry says the public hospital system is the best it's going to get for the money spent on it. If you want to get it better and we need it better, we need to spend more money. To spend more money, we probably need to raise tax, dare I say. Not just want to pay tax. I don't want to pay more tax. But if we want the health system we need, we have to. The federal and Victorian governments remain at odds over where to build the new Tullamarine station for the $10 billion airport rail link. The Herald Sun claims the Andrews government is digging in over its insistence to build an elevated station, while the Morrison government favours the more expensive underground option.
Overseas, the US president has held his first face-to-face meeting with Ukrainian government ministers since Russia's invasion began. Officials travelled from Ukraine to Poland to meet with Joe Biden, prompting rumours the situation in their country could be easing. Europe correspondent Carrie-Anne Greenbank is in Lviv. She says Ukrainian troops are gaining background. Ukrainian troops have been pushing back Russian forces in towns around the outskirts of the capital, but now US officials believe that Russia has also lost control of the southern city of Kherson. That was the first city to be captured in the first week of war. And if Russia does get forced out of that city completely, that is a significant military blow. It also means capturing the port city of Odessa would be that much harder. We're being encouraged to check in on the people living around us this Neighbour Day. Half of Australians say they were affected by loneliness during the pandemic. Relationships Australia National Executive Officer Nick Tebby says building a relationship with our neighbours can make a big difference. Strong and supportive relationships that we have with our neighbours can actually have a number of benefits, um, both for our mental health and wellbeing and our sense of belonging, but also a great source of support if we fall on tough times and we need to rely on other people to help us out. And former Prime Minister Julia Gillard has admitted she and Australia's first bloke partner Tim Matheson have gone their separate ways. In an interview with the Sunday Mail, Miss Gillard confirmed the split with her hairdressing partner whom she became involved with in 2006 saying the relationship had ended over a year ago with the tyranny of distance playing a part. The two were the first unmarried first couple to move together into the Miss Gillard is currently recovering from COVID-19 in London. This is Air News. Hawthorne has produced a major upset in the AFL's second round, destroying last year's finalist Port Adelaide by 64 points. Melbourne and Collingwood posted wins. Earlier, Essendon recorded its second loss of the season, suffering a 22-point defeat at the hands of Brisbane. Despite the loss, Bombers coach Ben Rotten says he's proud of how the team worked throughout the week to improve. Yeah, that was really important for us um, as a group, and I thought our senior players, our leaders, were the one that ones that really led that right from you know Monday review day. So our inability to make the most of our opportunities. Um, now, the obvious ones to look at in front of goal, you know, our set-shot goal kicking in particular. In the NRL, the Eels beat the Storm 28-24, to wins to the Raiders and Panthers. And there were two NBL games yesterday. Leonie Kay has the details. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers have continued their unlikely emergence as a top-four contender after defeating the Brisbane Bullets 84-82 to to claim their fifth win in their past six games. The Jack Jumpers held firm to close out their third successive victory on the road and move within one win of the fourth-placed Illawarra Hawks. In the other game, the Sydney Kings have delivered their most complete and dominant performance of this season to hammer the Perth Wildcats 102-80 to in Perth. The Kings are now without question the hottest team in the league, having won nine in a row and they replace Perth in second spot on the table. Australian Independent Radio News. Hunter's Postmortem with Ron Duffersey. When you get to these grand finals, you, you take bad luck out of the equation if you've got a dominant cult like him. Glenn Munsey. It was a case of the best horse in the race written to show that he was the best horse. Dean Lester. Wasn't as fresh as he was two weeks ago where he probably was just concentrating on getting him to switch off and ultimately it meant position running was against him, but Saturday he knew that he could chop and change his tempo a bit. Hunter's Postmortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. St Mark's Basilica. Dewhurst Stakes winning European champion two-year-old just like Frankel. 
world champion three-year-old. St. Mark's Basilica going clear now by three widening lengths. Mishriff and Adabe have been simply turned away. Winner of five consecutive Group 1 races at two and three years. An impeccably bred son of champion sire Siuni. New for 2022 at Coolmore Australia. Coolmore.com. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. The best thing about our pies is the deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin, and a filling which is bursting with flavour. Plenty of flavours to choose from, like lean beef, curry beef, sausage rolls. We even have junior pies that you can give to the whole family. Find us in the Coles and Woolworths chilled meals section. And if you can't find us, ask for us by name. Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. The Star Championships are coming. The grand finals of Australian racing. The cosy victory in the English side for Animo. Ice bath cascadian. I think Jamie Carr's won it. And a Dave goes back to back. The beast of Britain's done it. The nature strip. This is an annihilation. The Star Championships. Royal Radwick. April 2nd and 9th. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help. 1-800-858-858. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Reducing harmful engine deposits to take you further starts with mobile quality fuel at 7-Eleven. Claims are compared to unadvertised fuel and benefits may vary. See 7-Eleven.com.au for T's and C's. There's been a two-car smash in Redfern, Cleveland Street at Chalmers Street. The left eastbound lane is blocked. A breakdown in the M4 tunnel citybound. The left lane blocked at about Concord and a fluid spill in Maroubra. Anzac Parade at Beechamp Road. Right now at Pep Barn, save up to $34 on Nexgarn Spectra six-packs. Conditions apply. Ends March 31st. Pep Barn. Life's a treat. I'm Tim Govers, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. And we'll start with Sydney and Dino just for something different. Showers today in Sydney heading for a top of 23. Melbourne, though, sunny and 28. Brisbane, a few showers about as well, heading for a top of 27. Over in Perth, cloudy, just 26 degrees, a bit milder in Perth today. Adelaide, lovely sunny Sunday and a top of 31 degrees. Hobart, partly cloudy and 25. Darwin, a shower too, possible storm later, heading for a top of 34 degrees. And in the nation's capital, a shower or two about, and Canberra will have a top of 22. He's done his knee in the act of scoring, Raystone, and somehow Parramatta are going to win. Parramatta are winning the match in point. Well, this is incredible. Bowls in, stumps, out of the ground. What a fitting end, and what a man to do it. He is an outstanding captain, is Pat Cummins. It's been 24 years, and Australia have won in Pakistan. Nickel the Raiders have hauled in a 22-point deficit. Wow, they were dead. They were buried. He's on 999. Lance Franklin... It's all about the kick. It's right through the middle. But he joins the legend with a thousand goals. And the Sydney fans come from absolutely everywhere. It's pandemonium at the SCG. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. 
And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. And welcome also to our Queensland listeners for the first time. And that was, of course, um, highlights of Buddy Franklin kicking his 1,000th goal in the AFL, joining Tony Lockett, Gordon Coventry, Jason Dunstall, Doug Wade and the great Gary Ablett as the only players to kick a 1,000 goals in AFL VFL history. Pandemonium is the right word, Dino, for the scenes at the SCG. Took over 30 minutes to clear the ground, but did you notice that Buddy Franklin actually embraced the moment, enjoyed it, because it's so rare. It's a great moment, not only in Australian rules history, but Australian sporting history, and tremendous scenes at the SCG. Yeah, unprecedented scenes, weren't they? I don't think we've ever seen those kind of scenes before, Ray, and I, I guess we won't ever see them again, to be mm. truthful. I do wonder, though playing devil's advocate, whether Buddy's teammates would have liked to have shared that moment alone with him on the field. It's sort of an AFL tradition. Yeah. You, know, you, you jump the fence, you run on for big moments like that. Yeah, it's yeah. just always been part of the sport. And as I said, he actually, he did really embrace it. A lot of other players would want to run away and hide from it, but he enjoyed it with the crowd and it, just a great moment. Congratulations to him. And to cap it off, the Swans had a big win over Geelong, 107-77. to Just a quick update of the other games. Carlton, 102 over the Bulldogs, 90. Collingwood, big winners over Adelaide, 100 to get to 58. Essendon lost 75 to Brisbane, 97. The Lions off and running for season 2022. Hawthorne, 120. Port Adelaide, 56. Melbourne, 82. Gold Coast, 69. Three games to complete round two today. North Melbourne versus West Coast. Richmond versus the Giants. Fremantle versus St Kilda. NRL, Dino, some three terrific games yesterday. Raiders, a massive comeback, 24-22 over the Titans. The Eels in Golden Point, a classic against the Storm. 28-24. The Panthers, 38. Knights, 20. Maintain their unbeaten start for the defending premiers. Earlier over the weekend on Friday night, the Rabbitohs, 28. Roosters, 16. Warriors, 16 against the Tigers, 12. And the Sharks on Thursday night uh, put the cleaners through the Dragons, 36-12. Dino, the South Sydney game, um, the return of the Troll Mitchell is compelling to watch. Yeah, he's become a rock star, Latrell, oh, hasn't he? He's amazing. Everything he does on the field is monitored. It's it's scrutinised. and He knows the cameras are on him. He knows when to play up to the crowd and when not to. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. We need players like Latrell Mitchell in our game. The thing with Latrell, though, he'll play up to the crowd in the media, Ray, but he backs it up on the field. Mm. He is a superstar player. Some of his touches on Friday night were absolutely brilliant. Cam Murray, amazing for South Sydney yet again, their skipper. And, of course, Jason Demetrio, his coaching career is mm. off and running. Dino, just for our Queensland listeners, I know you discussed it earlier, but the incident with, with Barnett in the, the Knights' loss to the Panthers, the elbow that he – the errant elbow, he's going to get a stretch, isn't he? Yeah, as I said, Ray, before, first player to be smithed, uh, dismissed in 2022. I don't know what he was thinking. It was on Newcastle's Chris Smith – it was off the ball. Smith had run through as a decoy. Barnett was going across the field defensively. And for some reason, he cocked his right elbow and it connected with Chris Smith's chin. Mm. They looked at it on replay and he was dismissed straight away. It's not in his game. Normally, he's a clean player. So all I can say, Ray, is that it's a brain explosion and it's going to cost him, I think, six weeks on the sideline. Yeah, he's looking at a stretch. Back to the Friday night game, the Warriors and the Tigers. Now, really interested in... 
in your opinion, we often talk, you and I debate this about the use of the bunker and I think the bunker should be used more for forward passes, etc. You think the bunker's overused, but there was an incident on Friday night when the bunker, bunker should have been used and it wasn't. Yeah, it certainly should have. It was in the 21st minute. Luciano Leilua, the West Tigers story, uh, forward rather, chased down a grubber. It looked like he grounded the ball inside the dead ball line, Ray, but mm. for some reason they didn't go upstairs. Bizarre. It was unbelievable given the amount of times they go upstairs for the most trivial nitpicking penalties. Uh, but Graham Annesley, the head of football, came out yesterday and claimed that, yes, it was the wrong call. So I guess there'll be some referees and officials sacked this week. But it can't help, though, Ray. It was a try that would have been under the post. It would have been six points to West Tigers. They lose by four. Mm. And for Michael Maguire, a coach already under heavy scrutiny, it's just another kick in the guts for poor old Madge. Ray, what about this cricket from the Windies we're watching mm. live? England, eight for 102. It's the third test. The series is on the line. They lead by nine runs. So they're actually eight for nine. So the Windies mm. poised for an historic test victory over the Poms, who got flogged in Australia. And now it looks like they're going to get beaten in the Caribbean. Go the Windies. Why are you so anti-England, right? I don't like England. I just think it's great. And, Dino, speaking of cricket, Australia, of course, beating Pakistan 1-0 uh, in that three-test series, as you said earlier, went right down to the final session on the fifth day of the third test. So it was fantastic stuff, Australia getting that test victory in Pakistan. And, of course, Ash Barty's retirement. Shock retirement is our talk topic. Greatest retirements in sport. This man had a storied career at the Manly Seagulls. He didn't retire too soon, did he, Dino? I think he did. Did he? No, I think he retired when he should have retired, oh. early. <laughs> Peter I watched Peter's a replay of him today. Jeez, he lumbered around the field, the big fella. I saw him in the, in the uh, 73 grand final. Made a few incisive um, runs through the, the Sharks' defence there. Incisive? Yeah. Zorba? He was. Let's ask him. <laughs> Peter Peters, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> have you ever been incisive? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> absolutely. What a, what a, um, a great... 15 minutes on Friday night, oh. sitting back, watching... Channel uh, surfing, Zorb, channel surfing. Channel surfing. The TV <laughs> remote was red hot in my hand. But, you know, how lucky are we at the touch of a finger? Souths and the Roosters, what a great game. The tension in that game throughout the game and from the stars in the game and what came out of that game. I mean, who would have believed that um, the Roosters, after their form the previous week... Um, could uh, just get wiped by uh, uh, by South Sydney, who ran rampant. Um, more about some of their stars a little bit later, but um, Sydney went berserk over Buddy. I heard you just talk a few moments ago. That's scary to me. Um, no such thing as crowd control. It only takes one idiot to spoil that moment, and um, and out of all the thousands that were on the field, there had to be a couple of those out there. Uh, I mean, I, I just get amazed to see everybody with their phone in hand trying to get a selfie uh, with Buddy at that historic moment. Um, it was wonderful to see and scary to see at the same moment. And um, over the other side of the world, in Pakistan, the skipper came on and first ball, boldly uh, uh, the last man standing for Pakistan and uh, stumps... Uh, going everywhere. Great victory for Pat Cummings and the Australian side. The war cry for Australian sport uh, should be changed to Uzi, Uzi, Uzi with <laughs> Usman Kawaja, a runaway man of the series. 
mm. in the historic win over Pakistan. It doesn't get any better than that. Now, I'm sure our listeners would have, um, would have just loved it there on Friday night. Zorb, what do you make of the West Tigers? What do you make of Michael Maguire? What do you make of Luke Brooks? Where are they headed? Well, I'm I'm a bit stunned as to as to the statements that come out of the West Tigers um, constantly. They shoot themselves in the foot as if Brooks didn't have enough pressure on him. Uh, Maguire comes out and says he would pick him. His rookie career um, is still is still on the on on the table. Well. I don't know about that, and I, I think you know he could keep his opinions like that in house. I mean, I think he might have been that. responding to Joey though. Uh, Zorb, to be fair to Madge, Joey you said mean, he, he, he won't play, play rep football. So I guess Michael had perhaps some obligation to support his player. No, I don't think so. I, I think I think he just put himself out there. I mean, Joey Johns is an immortal, one of the greatest halfbacks of all time. He's entitled. He gets paid for his opinion. Madge gets paid to coach and to win, and he's not winning. Okay, he reckons that he's ready, still viable for a rep career. Don't think so. Have a look at this: Cleary, Hines, Reynolds, Hughes, Moses, DCE, Sean Johnson, Luke Keary, Ben Hunt. They're all way ahead of Luke Brooks, who who had opportunity after opportunity to get the Tigers home on. Um, on uh, Friday night against a very ordinary Warriors side, and they couldn't do it. They were well-positioned, couldn't do it, and you need a halfback to get you home. And um, if you haven't, then um, you're in trouble, and West Tigers are, are in so much trouble, it's not funny. They've got players on the sideline commenting on how the side's going. They all just should shut up and get on with the job. Mm. The noise around the Tigers every week is just... Terrible. Well, it course, doesn't die away, does it, Sorb? You know. No, doesn't. Um, on on also on Friday night, I thought South went a long way to, and I've been critical of them over uh, the Adam Reynolds exit, but I thought Cameron Murray as as a, an inspirational skipper and uh, young lot on Elias or Ilias. I thought he played tremendously well, and mm. uh, I can understand that. He's got a huge future, and maybe he's going to come to the fore quicker than we all expected. And um, be interesting to see how he goes next weekend if he lines up against uh, Nathan Cleary, who's supposed to be coming back. So yeah, that'll be a big test for both South and Young Ilias. But I was very impressed with him. But I thought Cam Murray led from the front. Just a superb performance from him. And over at Shark Park on Thursday night, um, I thought the Sharks played outstanding football, mm, mm. 36 to 12, wiped the floor with the Dragons, but I, I thought it was a, a huge plus for their coach, Craig Fitzgibbon. He had their forwards just powering up the middle. They won the middle battle, hard straight running, quick play the balls, offloading, excellent deep attack, draw and pass, and, and it was spectacular. What mm, in mm. dry conditions, let alone the wet conditions that... Um, that prevailed, and I think they've got two winners there. Look yeah. no lines. He's a gun. Be a dark horse for uh, uh, an early tip for the Dally M's the way he started the competition.
Yeah, he is a gun, Nico Hines. Finucane's fantastic by Fitzgibbon's just got the Sharks, as you said, playing great footy. Just back to Cameron Murray, if you don't mind, Zorb. Gordon from Yorimba, one of our listeners, has chimed in. Could you ask Peter Peters, does he believe Cameron Murray is the best pound-for-pound pound forward in the game? And secondly, will he captain the Kangaroos down the track, Zorb? Well, I think pound-for-pound pound he probably um, is right up there. Mm. I... I I think, yes, I would agree with that at the moment. Um, could he captain the Kangaroos one day? Why not? Um, yeah, he's inspiring. He's, um, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a great role model, and I, and I mean that, in the game. Um, he's, he's, um, he, he, walks, uh, he walks the walk. He doesn't, he doesn't mouth off. Um, he's just a great team player, and yeah. I think he's the sort of player that says... Uh, uh, come on, not go on, and, and I think players look following. Uh, without a doubt, um, has a chance of being um, a test captain. Zorbel, Golden West on fire. Penrith three from three, and of course Parramatta, that wonderful Golden Point victory over Melbourne in Melbourne. Yeah, I thought they blew it. Um, you don't get many chances to beat Melbourne. They beat the last times they played them now after uh, after that fantastic. Uh, victory last night, and who would have believed that Ray Stone would be a two-try hero <laughs> Good on him, um, in the game? But I, I, I thought when when Parramatta led by six um, late in the game, in front of Melbourne's posts, they should have iced it. They needed to just take the field goal, be professional, and the game was theirs. They they fumbled their way around. They didn't take the shot. Melbourne came straight back at them, as we know they would. Um, and the block of cheese has gone up the middle, and Pappenhausen has scored a wonderful try under the sticks, and it was level. And um, it was anybody's game from there. And it took a little bit of um, a little bit of luck, and and the big head of um, uh, Nelson Asafa Solomona uh, to get Parramatta home. Uh, just talking about the big. Um, the big fella for Melbourne, the giant of the NRL, I think he's going to go for a row. Shocking head-high tackle um, in the game that was uh, was missed by most, but picked up later on on the TV cameras. And um, I think he's, uh, with his record, I think he'll be on the sidelines of the So I thought that was a, uh, a shocker, as was the, uh, the send-off. Of, um, of normally a tough player, but not a dirty player in Mitch Barnett. Um He'll rue that. Um, I think he'll go straight to the judiciary. Um, he will plead. He has to plead guilty. Um, and um, he will go for a row between four and six weeks, I'd reckon, once um, once he gets in there. That's a go to Westwater Brave Newcastle, who uh, who really put it to the Panthers, uh, even though Panthers had a lot of their star players out. But how good are Penrith in bringing their young players through? Um, we saw a couple of young players in Taylor May and Isaac Tago combined five tries between them in that victory. Um, in the end, it was 38 to 20, and seemingly a um, an easy win for the Penrith Panthers. But it wasn't. It wasn't an easy win. They were made really work for it by um, by a one man short Newcastle side for uh, a major part of the game. Good effort by Newcastle. They're a better side. I want to give a wrap to the replacement for Caelan Ponga in Tex Hoy. I thought he was the star of the show uh, for Newcastle against um, 
a, a you know a great Penrith side. Um, he he is certainly a utility player of value that mm. um, Newcastle um, would want to uh, tie up because uh, I reckon other clubs would see Tex Hoy as a as a valuable utility player. Yeah, he did score a good try yesterday. Hey, Zorb, I mentioned this to Dino earlier. The, no, it's a cliche. The Canberra match literally was a game of two halves. They fought back in the second half, win 24-22 against the Titans. They were the sort of games that the Raiders were losing last season. That could define their season now and give that, that Ricky Stewart's team that belief. Well, I thought Jack White and, and, and the hook Tom yeah. Starling. Mm. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that Josh Hodgson's out for the season for, Pen, uh, for the Canberra Raiders, but is it a blessing in disguise for them? Because Starling can play big minutes, as he yeah. showed um, in that victory last night, and um, he, he certainly um, is a live-wire hooker um, of uh, the Damien Cook ilk, and um, I thought he was magnificent last night, and uh, White is um, playing as well as he's ever played yeah. and as an inspiration to that uh, Canberra side. It was great atmosphere seeing him come home all over the top of the Titans uh, who just stopped playing football. They, they, they just couldn't get it together in the second half after uh, dominating for all but a couple of minutes in the first half where Canberra finally got on the board just before half-time and then it was all Canberra in the second half. Great victory for Ricky Stewart in his, uh, what, 200th game as coach mm. of uh, Canberra. Yeah, they were good. Okay, hey, Zorb, a couple of games to complete round three today. Uh, Brisbane take on North Queensland. For our Queensland listeners, that's a must-see game. And then you'll be glued to the TV at 6pm, Manly versus the Bulldogs. Firstly, Brisbane and North Queensland. Head-to-head, um, $1.42 the Bronx, two ninety yeah. North Queensland. I think the Bronx are good things. Okay. So I think they've got too much attack. Uh, for the Cowboys, who have made a good start for the season. Um, so too are the Broncos. I think the Broncos have got more class and, um, and and will win the game, particularly out wide, where they've got a lot of size and speed. I um, I think the Broncos are good teams. And um, over at uh, Four Pines Park, uh, Brookvale Oval, um, I'll be there. I won't be watching on television. Okay. Yep. I'm going there um, with the Fulton family. Um, it's the opening of the Bob Fulton stand at... Um, at Four Pines, and it'll be a uh, memorable occasion um, for uh, Bozo's family and for the wonderful uh, career that he had as a player and coach and, um, at Manly, and his influence on the club will uh, will go on for a long, long time. Um, I'm worried about Manly. Um, I think you know, 18 points in three in two games is uh, is not what they're about. Three tries, uh, their attack is awful. Um, too much one-out stuff. And um, some pants need to be kicked out there. And uh, I think they would have been this week. I hope the right people have, um, have had their backsides kicked because um, that's not good enough for a manly side mm. that, um, that showed how well they can play last year to be... And, and they've had two good opponents in Penrith and the Roosters, but they'll need to be on their game today against yeah. the Canterbury side, which boasts a, um, a very tough uh, mobile pack and um, with some... Strike power out wide, and the left boot um, of uh, uh, of Matt Burton will cause a lot of hurry up for Manly today. They tell me the surface looks fantastic, the new sand looks good, so uh, all those people on the northern beaches should get there and support their side today. So if you're a betting man like me, head to head, dollar twenty five, Manly four dollars the dogs. That's a good price for dogs. I mean, mm. I, I'm I'm hoping Manly come good, but if they play. 
like they've played in the opening two rounds, Canterbury will beat them. Yeah. So they need to improve their game. They're too far apart. They're too far apart in the betting. By 50 or 60% today to to have a hope. Uh, Canterbury haven't been going that bad. No. Brent Barrett back to, uh, um, to the club he coached and um, left in uh, difficult circumstances. Um, so he won't be made too welcome today by the uh, the locals on the northern beaches, but um, it should be a um, should be a great game. It should be. So enjoy today's game at six pm. That's Manly versus the Bulldogs, Brisbane versus North Queensland is the four pm game. Thanks so much, Zorb. We'll talk next week. Okay, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> See you, Peter Peters with the new Aussie war cry. Plenty of people waiting online to have their say as well, Dino. I, I think they're too far apart. Just quickly while we get our first call-up, $1.25, mainly $4 a dog. Dog's defensive have been good so far. Dog's have been great. That round yeah. one was a tough win, and they got yeah. beaten narrowly last week. Gee, four bucks. That, that's a hell of a price, Two horse race. Adrian's on the line. Adrian, good morning. Hey, guys. Just two things. Yeah. Um, golf, on the Gold Coast and Auto Latrell. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I don't know how Justin Holbrook, Holbrook didn't want to tear shreds off his team. Fair Ingham, 22 nil they led and they got beat. That's just horrendous. Yet yeah, he went as soft as like a cream puff at the press conference. It was terrible. You should have been furious with that result. Yeah, no, it's funny how they lost that. But oh. full credit to the Raiders. They did come out in that second half. And as Zorb said, Sterling and White, and White in particular, just took that game by the scruff of the neck, Adrian. Yeah, I don't know. You'd be filthy if you're a tight oh, of course, yeah. supporter yeah. for sure. Mm. Um, you know, you needed people like, you know, you know David Fafita or somebody, another leading players to stand up. I don't know what they, where they went hiding. But anyway... Just on Latrell, I mean, he's an out-and-out superstar. Look, I'm I'm a full-on, you know, um, Queensland supporter. And if I had a choice out of Latrell Mitchell or Mal Meninga to be on my side, I'd, t- I'd take Latrell in a heartbeat. Because, oh, geez, because Adrian, that's a big he's got call. a kicking game and a passing game, which Mal never had. Mal was a great player, but Latrell is just next level. Yeah, it's apples and oranges, different types of players, different eras, but... Gee, Mal won three comps, four kangaroo tours. Mm. Latrell's still got a bit of a way to go, in my eyes, Adrian, to match Mal Meninga. Adrian Point goes to what you're, you were saying. He's a genuine superstar. Oh, he is, absolutely. He's just compelling. When he's on, you want to watch what Latrell's going to do next. Billy's on the line. Billy, good morning. Boys, how are you going? Terrific. Thanks for waiting for us. Billy, what do you got for no us, problem. mate? Well, two things. After you just hearing what Adrian said, unfortunately, mm. you can't compare players from different eras. So different difficult. Games. Yeah, so difficult. They're different games now. Good what point. we watch now isn't the rugby league when Meninga played. Good point. That's all I'll say on that. Yep. Early retirement. The uh, best rugby yeah. player this country's probably ever seen in the back. Mark Eller retired when he was 25. Yep, yeah. I had that one as mine this morning. And a few people and Billy, have chimed but, in. Yeah, a few have also chimed in as well, mate. Always wonder, Billy, hey, what might have been. And even then, he had an extraordinary career as a Wallaby and did that famous 84 Grand Slam. But what might have been, Billy? Well, who knows? But mm. the thing is, he was part of the only club team to ever play against the All Blacks. Okay. Randwick. And that was yeah. after he'd retired. There you go. Trying every Test match in 84. In the Grand Slam Tour, yeah. He was yes, close to signing with St George, you know. Was he? Yeah, yeah, I spoke to him about it once, many, many years after he retired, and he was very, very close to... Because he's a, actually... Him and the Eller brothers are leagueies. People don't okay. realise that. They played league all their juniors. And oh, that's... I you told me that. Yeah, yeah. They, they did obviously play a bit of union along the way. They end up mm. playing union... But they're always leagueies as such. Hey, Billy, were you like me as soon as you finished your footy on a Saturday afternoon, you raced home? Because back in those days, the Galloping Greens, the Randwick, were often on ABC at 3 o'clock, and you just I turned it on. I, all I wanted to do was go and watch because my old man yeah. was the trainer from 
Ah, there you go, for the Galloping Greens. Yep. Well, you would have had a grandstand seat. They would have, gee, they were fantastic to watch. I had a sideline seat. It was awesome. Oh, it would have been great. Hey, Billy, great call. Thanks so much. Thanks for waiting, too. Have a good day. You Bye-bye. too, mate. Um, they were just compelling to watch Dino back in the in the 70s. There wasn't a lot of live sport on TV on a Saturday afternoon. Sometimes you get the AFL. Sometimes we get 5A, you get the... <laughs> the um the old New South Wales rugby league match of the day, yeah. <laughs> but you'd always have on the ABC the rugby and um when Ramick were playing, Ramick and Gordon in particular just turned it on. It was great rugby, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great Ramick side. But you look back, you know uh, Maxwell, Rutherford, the Eller brothers, Gary and Glenn, Alan Singh, the halfback. Gee, the great old memories, Ray. From certainly when I was growing up, back then the shoot shield mm. was the number one. Exactly. In terms of uh you know rugby around the joint, and it's made a bit of a resurgence. But yeah, on Mark Eller. Never been a better, more natural rugby mm. player, in my opinion, than the great Mark Eller. You're right. Now, Wayne's let us know the score is 5 2. In the oh, league the double Super agent's League. back, is yeah. he? Hey? The double agent's back. You can't say that, do you? He's the official scorer. He won fair and square last the week. The official the poor scorer. Guy. And he joined Team Thomas last week. <laughs> he did. He just happened to fluke me and win, which was hard to do. So well done, Wayne. He let us know that the score is 5-2. So um, call now on 13-53-53. That's 13-53-53 to be part of the League Super Quiz. There's a $100 cash card courtesy of Tab to be won. The Provincial Championship Qualifiers, Newcastle 2020. Stella Seasun designated hit the front. Stella Seasun, Oakfield Missile late. Designated just in front. Designated, I think designated just from either Oakfield Missile or Stella Seasun. 11's got it on the outside, Oakfield Missile. 2021. Pandano, 200 to go, he shot to the lead from Crystal Breeze. Then came Animate, further back was Electric Girl, but Pandano, 100 to go, clear. Bounded away and is home. The Provincial Midway Championship Wildcard, Newcastle, this Thursday. What makes a masterpiece? A showcase of stallion power. The autumn sun blazes in spring, bolts in six lakes. A gallery of Group 1 winners. Stronger, too much stronger. An exquisite collection. And yearning won the thousand guineas by a leap. Arrowfield Inglis Easter Draft, our greatest works of art. Find your masterpiece at Arrowfield at Inglis Easter 2022. St Mark's Basilica, Dewhurst Stakes winning European champion two-year-old just like Frankel. World champion three-year-old. St Mark's Basilica going clear now by three widening lengths. Mishriff and Adave have been simply turned away. Winner of five consecutive Group 1 races at two and three years. An impeccably bred son of champion sire Siuni. New for 2022 at Coolmore Australia. Coolmore.com. Footy season is back and you'll never miss a moment with KO Sports. The team you love, every game of every round live and ad break free in play. Unstoppable! Yep, no ad breaks while the game is on. How about that? You to KO, start your free trial today. Gallows, pies, Rain. I don't have it in front of me, well, but it's coming right now because... Man, well, Manny Manel's actually Deliciously flaky pastry on top. Oh, you go, you go. You know that, you don't you? I do, you keep telling me all the time. You know what? Mm-hmm. I went up to Coles the other day. You sent me a text. At Forest Phil. I saw producer Steve up there. Yeah. Oh, he was, I had to push was him he out buying of the, a Gallows pie well, as well? He was getting the family pie. I was only getting a single. 
<laughs> and he said his family's away, so it was all. So for were you Steve. in the in the chilled meals uh, absolutely section? Absolutely chilled meals section. <laughs> you know why? Because it's got a bottom which is rolled extra thin, filling of one hundred percent lean Aussie beef. Yes, Galo's pies are the only pies you should be putting on your plate. They are simply bursting with flavour, and there's heaps of flavours. How many to did you buy, from. Dina? I just bought one. Oh. Producer Steve's laughing at you. Yeah. Maybe a sausage roll. <laughs> just for a snack. Here's a thought, Ray. Take a note off from cooking and grab a Galo's family pie for the whole crew. They are available in all Coles and Woolworths stores. And remember, we are located in the chilled meals section. And if you can't find us, ask for Galo's pies by name. Galo's pies. They're thin on pastry, but they're big on meat. Italy. Lose possession, and it's worth a crack! It's just astonishing! North Macedonia striking and in time! And there is Bedlam in the stands of Lorenzo Barbera! The former Palermo player, Tchaikovsky, with the sweetest hit you can imagine! Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. This is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. That was North Macedonia beating Italy 1-0, knocking Italy out of the World Cup for the second consecutive World Cup. That's one of the great upsets in sport. That could have been our talk topic, Dina. Did I hear that they were the European or the reigning yeah, European six, champions? Six, seven months ago. Yeah. Wow. Just before Jeez, they wouldn't cop that too well in uh, downtown Rome. They wouldn't have known. Then before we go to the coin toss, producer Steve in the studio, Manny Manel's chimed in. You'll like this. <laughs> Morning, boys. Early retirements. I thought with the quiver in Bulldog's voice, he was about to announce the elephant in the room. Did someone say Gallo's pies? Early retirements in sports has to go to the Bermuda Triangle of sports desks, the big sports breakfast Sunday show. I'm Co-host you. role. Apparently it's no longer advertised as a permanent position, but as long as they had the backing of my support crew, they are just another piece of the furniture. Cheers, Manly Manel. Seagulls never die. They just fall off the perch now and again. Uh, I will say that there has been a few changes at the in that position that you're sitting in. But those people who have been here and gone on to bigger and better things, Dino. You know, Manly Manel, Ray's got a full-time contract here. I have to put an invoice in every week because <laughs> oh, they won't offer me a full-time job that's, and I won't so sign any contract because I know I'm week to week. <laughs> that's so not true. I am week to week. I walk out the door every week and not a knife sticking out of my back, it's a victory. Oh, that's so untrue. That that's unfair. We'll move on quickly. Producer Steve in studio. Steve, I'll go Point heads, please, line, sir. Heads, it is. And I'll go. open the batting. <laughs> I need batting. this one. I'm down five two. Jason, are you there? I think you got Murray. Murray. Are you, you there? Got, you got Murray, Dino. Yeah, Dean. How are you, mate? Hello, Hello Paolo. How are you, how mate? Are you, Murray. Yeah, real good, thank you. I need this one. I'm 5-2 down, and you need it for a $100 Don't gift voucher. Don't put the pressure on the guy. It's from all, the tab. all about Murray, not about you. Dude. No, it's about me, and Murray, no, you have pay, to win. He's trying to win $100, not no. about you. Murray, are you ready? <laughs> yes, I am. Listen thank for you. the good upward luck, inflections, Murray. too. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> Question number one, Murray. Which NRL team did Rod Reddy coach? Um, uh, one of the... Um, uh, one of the... Have a stab. One of the debut teams. Uh, um, Say anything. 
Oh, oh, you're on the right track. Murray, it was the Adelaide Rams. Adelaide, yeah, mate. Yep. Super League, you're on the right track. The great yeah. rocket ready, great fella. Question number two, Murray, in which suburb is Seabus Super Stadium located in? Is it A, Rabina, B, Merrimack, or C, West Burley? Oh, geez, uh, Rabina. Well done. Yeah, shot. Good call, Rabina, Murray. Rabina, Rabina Stadium once, wasn't it? It certainly was, yeah. that. Mm. And question three, uh, what year did Brad Arthur first coach the Parramatta Eels? Was it A, 2012, B, 2014, or C, 2016? 2016. No, it was actually 2012 he, he came in. Oh, yeah, I think he could have gone away, went away and then he came back again He went as to Manly coach. for a couple of years, didn't he, by memory? Uh, he was at Manly, he was at Canberra coach. for a while. So yeah. one from three, Murray. Not the greatest, but it's a score that Ray's going to chase down. You're in the game. We'll go across to Jason. Now, Jason, good morning. Hey, hey Ray, how are you going? Terrific, Jason. Hey, Jason, one to tie, two to win, so very best of luck. Here we go. Which retired NRL player has the nickname Slammin' Sam? Uh, that'd be Sam Burgess. Good start, Jason. We're off to... What's wrong, Dina? Just wincing. Oh, okay. Good start, Jace. <laughs> Question number two. I thought you are going to blow up there, Jason. You never know with Dino. This is multiple choice, Jason. How many times has the Clive Churchill Medal been awarded to a player on the losing side? A, is it two times? B, four times? C, six times? Uh... Would it be four times? Oh, Jason, well done. I had no idea about that one. Congratulations, Jace. Hey, Jace, a $100 cash card courtesy of Tab is coming your way, Jason. So stay on the line and, and well done, mate. No worries. Thank you. There's Jason. It's 6-2, Dan. Now, you know what? Yeah. Well done, Ray. Well done, Jason. Yeah, Just did. to prove I'm a good sport, well done. Congratulations. He did well. From the bottom of my heart. <laughs> and now. Jared Daffy, good morning. Before we get to your life lesson, you reckon Dino was genuine then? Or? No, no, but I was thinking it, it sort of nearly solves a problem, Ray, and he touched on it himself. You know how uh, management were trying to get rid of him last year, but it's a bit hard when he's so far in front in the, in the, in the competition or the quiz. That's not true, but anyway. it, It's sort of irrelevant now because he's so far behind. Now would be a good time to perhaps get a replacement. I mean, he's been there a long time. We came up to two years, you know. I know it's been a, been a good. Let's go watch territory. Two years. Yeah. yeah. You having no fun? One, you having fun, Dino? No one has sit next to Ray for that long. <laughs> no one. <laughs> I've got a, I'm getting inferiority complex about this. Seriously. Everyone, your bleating's quieting down now that I'm behind six two. The accusations, <laughs> the rudeness, the insinuations. Uh, all those have to... just dropped away, haven't they? But it's got to a stage where I think we should, or you should be able to reintroduce the inflection uh, <laughs> part, part of your game to try and get you back on the board. <laughs> no, it's a long way There's to go. There's actually a text has come through, and I'll read this out. Mm-hmm. A protest. No name on this. Nickname. I think Sam Bacco was called Slam and Sam. I thought it was. He was too. Well. Yeah. Was, well, was Sam Burgess called Sam? And no, Sam too? I don't believe so. Oh, yeah, well, for the purposes of this, he was. <laughs> so, what do we do now? I don't know. I think and we have to. By, you know. by pure chance, producer Steve's on the phone and can't hear what we're talking about. Uh, again. Yeah, we'll have to get producer Tanya All on right. the act. Okay. Reckon mm. it could be a protest. Watch this here. space. Yeah. But, but my man. In fact, there's well. another one come through, Ray. Mm. Slam and Sam was the Canberra prop 
Sam Backer. That's Stu yeah. from Cronulla. Yeah. He was for sure. His drama here. Massive drama. His drama here, mm. Jared. When producer Steve's off the phone and the nine o'clock news break, I think we want to get back from Dino. I wouldn't like to be in producer Steve's shoes. Hey, um, we better get back on track here, Jared. NRL in the Premiership. Um, oh, the be, Panthers before are three that, <clears throat> oh, sorry, yeah. Before that, um, this is not actually a question today for for Dean. It's more of a statement for you to think about. Bacon and eggs. Oh, sorry. Yep. A day's work for a chicken, a lifetime commitment for a pig. Say it again. Bacon and eggs. Yeah. A day's work for a chicken, a lifetime commitment for a pig. Right, okay. Shouldn't Fair enough. Fun of that, but... Where do you, you find these? It's very good. In you make them up or do you go to a book? No, I can't, I can't reveal that. Right, okay. I, when I'm driving, I think about them. Right, okay. Uh, I'll do my best thinking when I'm running, Jared. I... That's what I oh, well, I won't be doing that. I won't be doing any thinking at all. <laughs> I don't want any thinking either. NRL on the Premiership odds. Panthers are 3-0. and Massive game coming up next Friday night. A grand final rematch with South Sydney, who got their season underway with a big win against the Roosters. They did. Well, we've got next week's matches up. We'll just quickly go through today's. And it's been a huge move in the market for the Broncos. $1.55 opening. They are into a dollar forty-two North mm. Queensland two dollars ninety and a line here of six and a half points. In the other game, well, there's plenty of interest in the Bulldogs to win, although they are the four-dollar outsiders. Manly a dollar twenty-five, a line there of ten and a half points. And in regards to that match next Friday night, Penrith open a dollar forty and South at three dollars, a line there of six and a half points to win the title. Penrith at four, Man, uh, Melbourne just go out slightly to five, Roosters eight, Parramatta into eight dollars, now South at ten, Manly thirteen, Cronulla into fifteen, Canberra twenty one, Broncos and Newcastle twenty three, then the Gold Coast at twenty nine, the rest are thirty four or better. So I'm assuming we'll see money this week for Penrith and probably mm. Parramatta. AFL update. Yes, um, tricky round. Coming up today now, for those who haven't been aware of what's been going on, this North Melbourne v uh, West Coast Eagles match today, the Eagles have got 17 players to pick from. Um, They can drag another 20 out from wherever uh, who don't play in the side and don't even train with them because they've got COVID. So all of a sudden, a match that a few days ago was $1.90 take your pick, North Melbourne $1.22. West Coast 425 and a line of 28 and a half points. And I'm not even sure whether that's short enough, $1.22. Mm. Uh, many are asking why the game uh, isn't Shouldn't postponed. because reprieve? Yes. Yeah, no. Nah, um, it was all, agreed by lose. all. Yeah. Agreed by all before the season got underway that irrespective of how many you've got out uh, with COVID, the game goes on. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to have an impact yeah. on things like final eight, etc. But that's the way that it is. Richmond, without um, Dustin Martin, have gone from $1.90 to $2.50. The GWS are into $1.53. So for various reasons, some mm. big moves in those two matches. And a final match for the day, Fremantle, who don't have Nathan Five today. Uh, they've been $1.65 out to $1.90. So they're equal favourites with St Kilda now at $1.90. And as far as winning that premiership is concerned, Melbourne, the favourites at 4 Brisbane into second favourites now at six fifty. The Swans, single figures, nine dollars along with the Bulldogs, thirteen Port Adelaide and Carlton, and the rest are fifteen or better. There's been a stunning 
development and in the quiz. SMSs are flying in as well. A stunning development. Mm. Really? Mm. One of the all-time greats <laughs> who lives up near you, Paul, <laughs> the fat man Vorton, is listening. He's out of bed. He's out of bed. He's probably playing golf. Yeah. Quote, <laughs> unquote, it's an outrage. There's only one Slam and Sam in the world, and that's Sam Bacco. Your contest is a rort. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> From Fatty. Rooster Fatty Man's, has spoken. Rooster Man's chimed in. Jared Bulldog, the new underdog. Your sins are forgiven. Manny Manel's come back. Dino, look at it from the other side over there. Doors are opening everywhere. I can't even spell co-host. Producer Steve's off the phone. He's got no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. But, Jared, I wouldn't want to be look, in Steve's shoes when Dino goes storming out of the studio at the 9 no, o'clock look, news. I, I know we don't like to see Dean win uh, because, he, for various reasons, he was able to dominate last year and, and we've levelled the playing field. But to, to put a question in like that with a dodgy answer, no, it's poor form. Thank Producer you. Producer Steve. Poor Thank form. You very, very Shane much. Shane from Butterham always thought Ray was a man of great integrity, but spending two years with Bulldog has basically turned him into a cheat. What, what about cost attitude? What about you? When I said slamming Sam, you said, yeah, I think that's right. So you knew know. the answer no, was I wrong. I didn't know. But I, you said it. I kept thinking it might have been wrong, but I thought, well, you said it was right. No, not Maybe me. his mates call him slamming Sam. <laughs> well, anyway, Somebody might. What's happening in the supercars? Uh, I've got my back up now. I'm glad you asked that because Shane Van Gisbergen <laughs> defied the odds yesterday to win. Uh, now, we've got two races today. We've got race two up, and he is $1.80. Cameron Waters at six fifty, At $10, Will Davison, Anton De Pasquale, and then 15 for Chas Moss Dirt, and the rest are 17 or better. So $1.80 to win race two today, and, of course, as soon as that is completed, we will have race three up. And just quickly, Jared, the cricket... We've got uh, a match about to get underway in the Women's World Cup. England a dollar and three, Bangladesh thirteen. Then in three hours' time, India dollar sixty-two, South Africa two dollars thirty, and of course we've got the first of the one-day internationals against Pakistan. It's a late one, uh, Tuesday night at eleven o'clock. Mm. Pakistan open favourites here, dollar seventy-five, Australia two ten. Go the Aussies. Hey, Jared, look, thanks so much. We'll talk next week. Coming up next, Phil Moss in the world of football. Away they come. Down that left hand side. Oh, it's brilliant. It's two. It's all over in Sydney. It's that man Mitoma again. What an impact off the bench. Japan are headed to the World Cup finals in Qatar. Now to talk the world of football, our good friend Phil Moss is on the line. And firstly, Mossy, congratulations on getting married last weekend and uh, dedication to the cause, my friend. You're backing up on your honeymoon. Good morning, Mossy. <laughs> Morning, Ray. Morning, Bulldog. Thanks for those kind words. Yes, Penny uh, organised a worldwide pandemic two years ago to get out of marrying me, so he had no excuses this time. But uh, it was a good night with our family and friends. Oh, congratulations again. And look, uh, I know you saw on your honeymoon, so really appreciate you joining us on a Sunday morning, but you've covered plenty of football during your honeymoon as well. But can I take you back to last week and the Socceroos lost to Japan? For our listeners now, what does this mean for the Socceroos? and potentially qualifying for the World Cup? Well, first of all, yeah, disappointing night, um, and it, it throws us into the uh, into the sudden death situation. We, we play Saudi on Wednesday morning, I think it is, uh, mm-hmm. our time. Uh, in what essentially is a dead rubber from a points point of view, but a, a fantastic opportunity for Graham Arnold to 
give uh, give players more game time in the training shirt and uh, blood from those youngsters and, uh, and get set for what will be a one-off playoff against the third-place team from Group A, which at the moment is looking like United Arab Emirates, mm-hmm. uh, Iraq, or, uh, or even Lebanon, depending on how the last game goes. But, um, yeah, look, there's been a lot of... Um, a lot of comment, obviously, a lot of commentary, a lot of vitriol around uh, what happened at um, at uh, Homebush uh, the other night. But for me, if if you you try and re- remove the emotion, which is very hard for us football folk, um, the, the performance for me was good from a from the team relative to the team that Graham Arnold uh, put out on on the field. We we didn't do too badly against what was a very very good fan side. Mm. They were a little bit under strength. No doubt about that, but they were and they were better than us on the night. There's no doubt about that. But uh, to say it was a, a disgraceful performance or anything under a good performance, I think people are not looking at the uh, at the team sheet and the level that our players are actually playing at. Mossy, I can't believe there are calls to move Arnie along this deep into the campaign. We've come this far. You know, where does he stand at the moment in terms of his position? Well, look. I'm sure there will be a, um, a really honest and frank discussion when he gets back from Saudi between he and uh, FFA management or FA management um, and potentially the board as well. They'll have their view. He will have his. Um, I haven't spoken to him since the game about his future. I've only been there as a as a mate for support and, uh, and an outside sounding board on you know things that he wants to discuss. It hasn't been about his future, but um, you know I, I can understand. I can understand, uh, you know, certain sections calling for change um, because our, our sport is about results, and um, you know we've only won one in the last six, so I understand that totally. As does as does Arnie. Um, you know, he's been around the game long enough, uh, longest serving um, individual in Australian football history to be around the national teams as a player and coach. Um, so whether whether management decides that the team needs something different, a different voice, different face. Um, is up to them, or or maybe Arnie. Um, who knows? But um, I think he's put some solid foundation in place. They they aren't working from a results point of view at the moment. But um, I also think we have to be realistic about where our team is at, and it's uh, it's a lot more than one coach. It's a lot more than one qualifying campaign. I was sitting there the other night at the game, and I couldn't help but think of 2005 when we qualified for the World Cup, the first World Cup in 32 years and the quality of the players that were on the park and the team and the level they were playing at. Then you go to the 2016 World Cup, uh, Asian Cup final, I beg your pardon, and you think about the quality of the team there, and then the other night, and it's just been a continual decline, um, which is a systemic issue in Australian football that needs to be addressed. Yeah, bigger concerns there, isn't there, Mossy? Hey, Mossy, back on the home front, I believe you took the lovely wife to a game of football last night up in Brisbane. I certainly did, Ray. One. You old romantic, you. Who says romance is dead? On his honeymoon, too. Well, I, had to, I have to say it's a family tradition because my father took my mother 54 years ago to a European Cup game with Manchester United on their honeymoon. So the, the, uh, At least that's Man United. <laughs> well, Penny knew what she was marrying into, Dino, by the sounds of things. <laughs> exactly. But no, I was uh, privileged enough to be calling the, uh, the Brisbane-West United game up at game of football. Um, there was controversy in it with a for the Brisbane um, goalkeeper. There was um, there was goals. There was disallowed goals. There was um, a real intensity about the game. It was a good game of football. 
West United um, uh, came out on top in the end. They were uh, too good for Brisbane Raw, so two losses at home in days for Brisbane Raw, which is not good for Warren Moon and his team, but they were down to 10 men for, for well over an hour. Score at the end, they didn't through Henry Hall, but um, yeah, good game of football. Now, Mossy, the Mariners recorded a win over Adelaide and Wellington also notched victory over Perth. Yeah, that's right. It was a good win for the uh, for the Central Coast Mariners at home, three nil, two red cards in that one. Uh, but the Mariners too good for Adelaide. Adelaide are an interesting side. They've, they've got so much quality, but uh, so inconsistent. So. Um, but nevertheless, for the Mariners, an important three points at home. And uh, as you said, Bulldog Wellington getting on the uh, on the scoreboard again with a win over Perth Glory at uh, Leichhardt Oval. Good win for Wellington, important win for Wellington. But Perth Glory, they're going through a coaching transition. Ruben Zadkovic taking the reins on an interim basis from Richie Garcia, who has moved on during the week. And, um, and the other one was um, Melbourne City, um, who... Uh, who they're at the top of the table now with um, with Western United. They obviously got the uh, got the win again, so they remain three points ahead of Western United. A fantastic battle for first place looming there as we uh, reach the closing stages of the Premiership. And, and Mossy, just one game to complete this weekend's round of the A League. Later on today, Melbourne victory take on Western Sydney. There's a lot of World Cup qualifiers going on all around the place. So, what do we do with Mossy's multi this weekend? Well, uh, yeah, given I was commentating last night, Ray, and uh, early start up here in Brisbane, I'm, uh, I'm just going to stick with the A-League game mm-hmm. for this one. Same game, multi. Um, I'm going to go with Western Sydney Wanderers to cause a bit of an upset. Wow. It would be an upset yeah. down there in, in Melbourne. Um, and I think they can get the uh, get it done down there. Both teams to score. So the same game, multi. Western Sydney to win. Both teams to score. And over 10 corners. So you're going to take... Penny to the Melbourne Derby for your first anniversary? Or? <laughs> Actually, Bulldogs, I was thinking I might bring her for a drink with you and uh, and the other Bulldog, Robbie Slater. Oh, don't uh, do that. He's an incredibly boring man, believe me. <laughs> hey, look, Phil, really appreciate you taking time out for us on a Sunday morning. On your honeymoon, catch that plane, don't miss it. Wish all the best to Penny and we'll catch up next week. Good on you guys. That's Phil Moss talking the world of football. Dino, plenty of people want to have their say about the um, the, rot. the league super quiz. Dear, oh dear. I think there's Paul from Queensland on the line. Paul, good morning. Uh, what a rot. Thank what you, a... fat man. It's a great man. It's a fat how man. Would you, how would you? You just went, oh, there, that'd be Slim and Sam Burgess. Please, no one's ever called him that in his life. Exactly. There's only one Slim and Sam. That's the great man, the great Queenslander. <laughs> Sam Bacco. That's it. Who dropped the F-bomb about eight times <laughs> on live television. It's an origin game. <laughs> That's good. So, Fatty, what should we do then? Is it null and void this week? No, no, no. You've got to get the bloke back on and ask him legitimate questions. Right, yeah, okay. That's Which, a good call. You know, what, if you try and get the right answer, that might help. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fatty, where do we find you, mate? Where are you today? I'm actually on... I'm working today. You wouldn't believe it. I'm back on the job. Brisbane and the, and the Cowboys are starved over. I'm just having a quick hit with some buddies. Oh, Having a game um, of golf, okay. Just to warm up, yeah. Well, we won't hold you up. Can you t- um, tip for today's game? Because a lot of people are watching that game at 4 o'clock, oh, Broncos yeah, versus the Cows. It's a tough one. I'm going to mm. stick with the Bronx at home. Uh, they are in a pretty good uh, patch of form. Uh, Kev's, uh, Kevy Walter's got the right groove at the moment. Uh, they're all playing quite well. And the Cowboys showed some form last week, but I'll, I'll go with the Brisbane today. And, of course, 
Manly will get their first win down at uh, Four Pines, Brookie Oval today. Yeah, Good to see you keep... Zorb's very confident. Good to see you keep everyone honest in here, Fatty. You keep <laughs> keep on him. If there's a mistake, I want you like a dog hey, to Paul, get on top of it. Hey, Fatty, you've you known Dino for a long time. When we go to the 9 o'clock news in a few seconds, can you yeah. imagine being in producer Steve's shoes when he walked out of the studio? <laughs> <laughs> Hit him it straight, fat man. Pretty. Hit him straight. All, All right. right. Thanks, Good on Thanks champion. There's Paul Fatty Vorton ringing in. Controversy in the quiz. Here's the nine o'clock news. Hello, I'm Sarah Warmby. The US President has warned Russia not to enter NATO territory during a visit to Poland. Delivering an address in Warsaw, Joe Biden told Ukrainians his nation stands with them as the invasion continues. He says US forces are not in Europe to engage with Russian forces but to defend NATO allies. Yesterday I met with the troops that are serving alongside our Polish allies to bolster NATO's frontline defences. The reason we wanted to make clear is their movement on Ukraine. Don't even think about moving on one single inch of NATO territory. Still overseas, China may be about to abandon its zero-COVID strategy after authorities in Shanghai said the city won't go into lockdown because it's too important to the national and world economy. The BBC's Michael Bristow has more. In the past, China locked down entire towns and cities following the discovery of just a few infections. On Saturday in Shanghai, they recorded more than 2,000 new cases. But perhaps surprisingly, the city isn't going into full lockdown. Officials have said it's too important to the economy to do that and there had to be a balance between fighting COVID and normal life. In Shanghai, the authorities are closing down only affected neighbourhoods and relying on self-testing. China is gradually, and without fanfare, abandoning the most severe restrictions of its zero-COVID strategy. A new review of research into the pandemic's effects on health workers has revealed dangerous levels of depression, anxiety and sleep problems. The Telegraph reports 14 separate studies were assessed. It found healthcare staff fear for their own and other safety, inadequate personal protective equipment and high workloads. More money for tradies' apprenticeships and funding for a breakthrough treatment for cystic fibrosis are among the federal government's pre-budget announcements. The $475 million decision to add Trikafta to the PBS will improve the lives of about 1,900 Australians with the condition. And $365 million in Tuesday's budget will see a further extension of the Boosting Apprenticeship Commencement Scheme. Areas of Queensland and New South Wales recently hit by major flooding are in line for more wet weather. Flood warnings are in place for the Sunshine State southeast. Up to 100 millimetres of rain is possible tomorrow. Forecaster Jackson Brown says the timing couldn't be worse. There hasn't been a lot of time uh, since the last um, you know, flood event. So um, catchments are saturated and uh, just you know, south of the border we've seen flash flooding occur uh, with only up to 35 millimetres. 
The longest-serving Victorian senator in history, Kim Carr, will quit politics at the upcoming election. The 66-year-old had been fighting off threats to his pre-selection for months but now says he's changed his mind and will retire following the death of his friend and colleague, Kimberly Kitching. And the lucky Sydney Swans fan who caught Buddy Franklin's 1,000-goal football at the SCG has promised to hand it back. The club had launched a manhunt to track down the milestone football, offering the chance to meet Buddy at a training session in return. This is Air News. Victory in the supercars in Tasmania has seen Shane Van Gisbergen equal the win tallies of two greats. Terry Daniel reports. The race three victory at the Tasmania Super Sprint was Van Gisbergen's 56th career win. The reigning champion raced from fifth to first in the race, which was his fifth win at Simmons Plains. It drew Van Gisbergen level with Scott McLaughlin and Garth Tender, who are on 56 wins each. After the race, he was already concentrating on today's race. Yeah, what a, what a great race and had to rub them up a bit, but... That's what we had to do, and, and we did this last year and then fell back on the Sunday last year, so need to be better tomorrow, so I'm focused on that, but super stoked. There are two races this afternoon, the first underway at 1 o'clock Tassie time. Terry Daniel, Air Sport. The Raiders have overwhelmed the Titans to equal their greatest comeback in club history, climbing back from 22-0 to claim victory 24-22 in round three of the NRL. In the other games, the Panthers beat the Knights 38-20 and the Storm went down to the Eels 28-24. In the AFL, Hawthorne has thrashed Port Adelaide, winning their round two clash by 64 points. Melbourne beat the Gold Coast by 13 points. The Lions taking down Essendon 97-75, while Collingwood are two from two after their 42-point win over Adelaide. Wins to the Kings and Jack Jumpers in the NBL and in the A-League, the Central Coast, Melbourne City, Western United and Wellington all picked up wins. Australian Independent Radio News. Wherever you are in New South Wales, Sky Sports Radio's there too. On Braidwood, 87.6 FM. Maruya, 98.5 FM. Parks, 99.9 FM. And Jindabyne, 102.7 FM. Race into autumn with the Royal Musselbrook Cup Day, Friday, April 1. Featuring the Royal Musselbrook Gold Cup. Enjoy exhilarating horse racing, plus fashions on the field, great entertainment and quality food. Get your tickets now at musclebrookraceclub.com.au. The English Easter Yelling Sale statistically provides the best opportunity for you to buy the best horses. So don't miss out on the 2022 renewal on April the 5th and 6th at Riverside Stables. Catalogue available now. Visit english.com.au for more information. And they're racing. It's the Manly to Mudgee Horse Races at Mudgee Racecourse Sunday the 3rd of April. Ahead by a nose to the Manly Seagulls versus the Raiders at Glen Willow Stadium, the Wembley of the West, Saturday the 2nd of April. Tickets now at 123ticks.com.au. Insure your bloodstock with the best team in the business. HQ Insurance has an extensive staff of industry professionals, including an independent veterinarian and 10 account managers. Visit hqinsurance.com.au for more information. Be sure, insure with HQ. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Want to trade financial markets? Trade with CMC Markets, the trusted trading platform for over 30 years. Trade your way at cmcmarkets.com. All trading involves risk. 
There's been a multi-vehicle crash in Sylvania affecting city bounders on the Prince's Highway. It's on the approach to Tom Ugly's Bridge. In Colo, a landslide, Putty Road at McDougal Drive, both directions affected. And a bit of flooding around in Moralia. Flooding has closed McClimates Road at Cat Eye Creek and in Annengrove. Blue Gum Road is closed at Blue Gum Creek. Get up and get into Westfield for your chance to win 10K every day with the Westfield Plus app. T's and T's apply. Open to 16 plus. Ends April 6. Details at westfield.com.au. I'm Tim Govers, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. Sydney today, showers and a top of 23. Melbourne, sunny and 28. Brisbane, a few showers about and 27 degrees. Perth, cloudy and 26. Adelaide, lovely day, Dino. Sunny and 31 degrees for Adelaide. Hobart, partly cloudy and 25. Up in Darwin, a shower too. Possible storm, heading for a top of 34 degrees. And Canberra, possible shower and 22. He's done his knee in the act of scoring, Stone. And somehow Parramatta are going to win. Parramatta are winning the match. Golden point. Well, this is incredible. Bolden stumps out of the ground. What a fitting end. And what a man to do it. He is an outstanding captain. Is Pat Cummins. It's been 24 years and Australia have won in Pakistan. He's on 999. Lance Franklin. It's all about the kick. It's right through the middle. But he joins the legends with a thousand goals. And the Sydney fans come from absolutely everywhere. It's pandemonium at the SCG. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray for a big final hour. Very short. We'll cross over to Minnesota where Ben Damon is about to call Timmy Sue's big fight in America, his first fight overseas. World title eliminator, effectively, Dino. David Dixon will come on later in this half hour to talk about the North Sydney Bears. Tanya with a sports update. Phil Buzz Rother will join us a little later to talk rugby league and sport. But Dino, the big controversy of this morning, the big controversy is the league super quiz. And we've managed to get Murray back on the line. He played for you, Dino. So, Murray, good morning. Welcome well, back. I've, I've, I've recomposed myself. I was, I was quite uh, angry <laughs> good there man. for a while. We were rorted, and, Murray. You know, but you know what? I'm, the people have spoken. <laughs> yeah. I'm donning, a, I'm donning a black armband today because... Today marks the day when ethical quizzing in Australia and radio dies. Hundred <laughs> percent, Murray. It. Hey, Murray, is an, a sign of good faith, mate. Can we get you back on next Sunday? You can choose who you want to play for, Dino or Rye, but please come back next Sunday. Have another crack. I'll stick solid to Dino. Hey, and, and was, <laughs> I always thought it was. I always thought it was uh, Slam and Sam uh, Stewart from the, the uh, Newcastle Knights. Oh, more dramas. Captain. More There's drama, another option. Another one. Yeah. Well, you know what, Murray? The people have spoken. This is why we're a democracy in Australia. Yeah, the we'll, people have a voice. They have a say. We'll, we'll bring, and today's a victory for the people. We'll bring Murray back to have another crack next Sunday. Um, if he wants thank to play, you. Good on you, Murray. Good on hey, you, thanks Murray. for the call back. Okay. Dina, he good wants to play with you. Of course so he does. That's okay. So the poor we guy, stick solid. The poor man or woman who rings up has to play with me next. I pick and no stick, chance. so does Murray. I <laughs> pick and stick. Can I just chime in? There was one there from Matt. Ray, the, the question specifically said NRL star. Backo never played in the NRL era. 
And then Rick from Norellans chimed in. Talk about going full circle. The questions are questionable, to say the least, and the answers are given right when they're wrong. Maybe a void score for this week will be the right thing to do. Well, I enjoy this one from Paul from Nara. Mm-hmm. Given I'm standing up to you and you're unethical. It's nothing to do yes, with it. Yes, it is. You knew the answer and you still went ahead. Please advise Bulldog Richie that he has the full support of the board at Sky Radio. <laughs> That's a good one. Rooster Man, Bulldog, need to reach out to Tim from Air News Desk and insert Ray Thomas involved in fraud allegations against Portugal. <laughs> this uh, is extraordinary. Dear, oh dear. These things happen, mate. I tell you what. I tell you what, though, Dan, we'll get this thing back on track because there's a massive fight over in the States. Uh, about 2 o'clock Sydney time, Timmy Zhu will climb into the ring. Then he didn't need to take this fight because he's um, will get a world title fight. He's the number one challenger. But I think it shows a lot about what Tim Zhu wants to do, he wants to show the world that he is ready. And our man on the ground in Minnesota is Ben Damon. He'll call the fight. Ben joins us now. Ben, good morning or good evening over in America. Yeah, good evening, Ray. Um, sorry if the reception's not fantastic here, but uh, we're in the venue at the Armoury. I'm standing alongside Jeff Bennett. We're actually just actually watching um, uh, an Aussie in a world title fight in the UK on a phone at the moment because Ebony Breaches looks like she's going to win a world title over in the UK, an Australian bantamweight fighting for the IBF belt. So that would be a massive thing to happen on what could be an enormous day for Australian boxing because, of course, you did mention that uh, huge fight that we'll be calling a little bit later on on main events. And it's Tim Zhu in his American debut against Terrell Gachet. Uh, he's risking everything. He puts his mm. weight around and fight for the world title at some stage. But instead, he's going to have a, a crack at becoming a star here in the, here in the state. Well, well, just quickly back to Ebony. She was, for the people who may watch SAS Australia, she's been on SAS Australia and done really well. And she's a pocket dynamo, Ben. She certainly is. Um, she knows how to sell herself. She's become a star over in Leeds, and she is fighting brilliantly as we speak. She's uh, in against a, a proven world champion, and she seems to be winning the fight. So we're only halfway through that, but it would be an enormous achievement for her to win a world title over there in the UK uh, so early in her professional boxing career. You can watch that fight. Leave the volume down if you like and continue to listen to the boys here, but uh, it's on Fox Sports 508 right now and KO Sports as well. Terrific. But, um, yeah, that's a, a, a huge one for Australia on what could be a really big day. Uh, ben, before we talk about Timmy, did you happen to catch Sky Nicholson's win over Beck Connolly? I did, and yeah. she was brilliant. She um, just completely dominated. I don't think she lost a second of the fight, let alone a round. So she's away mm. in style. She's had two professional fights, one in the US and one in the UK, and she's won both of them with consummate ease. So a really good start for uh, Sky Nicholson in her professional boxing career. She was an outstanding amateur, and she looks to be going the same way as a pro. Ben, what's the hype like around Tim? Obviously, America fell in love with Kostya and what he achieved unifying the welterweight division. You know, is the zoo name giving Tim even greater status than what he has already got, the fact he's unbeaten. Yeah, most certainly, Dean. Uh, everyone knows Kostya Zoo, and he is considered a legend around the boxing world, and obviously he is massive here in the US. So Tim Zoo came with a lot of expectation, with a, a very big surname, obviously, and um, he is living right up to it in terms of the way he's handled fight week and uh, the way that he has gone in his professional career so far. They get their first taste of him. There's a few doubters, no doubt about that. There's plenty mm. who would probably like to see him fail because he's in against an American, but uh, you get the impression that he was born for this. He knows this is his destiny and uh, 
hopefully he can do the right thing for all of us tonight or today, Australian time against Terrell Gachet. You can't wait for this. Can you tell us a bit about his opponent, Terrell Gachet, who's got a record of 22-2-1, Ben? Yeah, I can. He doesn't much like me. Uh, he okay. crushed me completely through the course of the week. I've tried to have a chat with him a number of times, and I did talk to him before I came over, in fact, and did a little interview, but uh, he wants nothing to do with the Australians. He's okay. uh, gone into full siege mentality through the course of the week. I'll try and grab him on the coverage if I can, but uh, what I do know is he can box. He's very, very skillful. He was an Olympian, a really good amateur boxer, and he's a, a proven professional. Um, he's only lost at the very highest level. He lost in a world title fight against Erislandi Lara back in 2017. Went the distance, though. He's never been dropped, never been stopped. Number 10 in the world with the WBO. And he considers this, as he should, a world title eliminator, which puts him right through to the big time if he can win it. So he's an underdog in this fight, Terrell Gachet, but, gee, he's confident and he's very, very keen for the fight. Ben, how will the fight unfold? Mm. Oh, look, I think three rounds of chess matches in the uh, early stages because Tim is going to have to work him out because uh, Terrell Gachet is so experienced and so cagey. He's going to have to try and do things that we've seen him do to uh, his opponents in Australia against a man who has been there and done that. So I reckon it just eases itself along for a while. And ideally for Tim, he would start to score with shots after that. And with a man so elusive as Terrell Gachet, probably body shots, uh, which have become the strength of Tim Zoo, are going to be very important here again. Um, I'd like to say that we can see him start to break down Gachet as it gets later into the fight and maybe stop him with a body shot. But, gee, it'd be some sort of a statement if he could do something like that mm. because he's an opponent, as I mentioned, never been dropped or stopped, and uh, he is world-class. So, yeah, I think we're going to see something very, very special from Tim Zhu. The only little question mark is how he did the weight. He was obviously a bit drained uh, yesterday at the weigh-in, um, struggled with the last kilo or so, and uh, it seemed to be right on track until the last moments when he, he did have to go and sit in the sauna and sweat it out. So hopefully he's fully replenished. He seems to be talking to him, but we won't know till he gets in that ring. So a very, very risky fight, a massive mm. stage as well for Tim Zhu. Uh, we think we're going to see the best of him. And if we do, then that will result in a victory against Terrell Gachet. I was going to ask you, Ben, why did he take this fight, given he had that world title shot regardless coming up? He's a lunatic. He doesn't need to take the fight. He should have just sat around and uh, some stage later in the year, he would have been in one corner for perhaps a unified world title for all of yeah. the belts in the division. But instead, he just wants to make a name for himself in the US. He said, I've made it to this stage by being busy by fighting against better and better opponents and by taking on all comers. And I'm going to continue to do that no matter what is on the line. And obviously he likes making a bit of cash as well. And he's very keen to become a star in the States. So he's got his reasons, but um, yeah, it's a gamble. We'll see how it mm. pays off today. Hey, Benny, you're next to Fennec. Yep. Can you chuck him on? I am. You want to have a chat with him? Yeah, Jeff? why not? Let's have a quick chat to him. Okay, here's, here's Jeff Fennec with, uh, with Dean Ritchie and Ray Thomas. Hey, brother, you're on air, mate, just to let you know. Everything okay over there? Everything's great, mate, yeah. Just uh, sitting down watching Ebony Bridges down, you know. I just seen the scorecard that said she won every round, so it's very exciting for Australian women's boxing. How will today unfold, Jeff, with Timmy Zoo? Sorry, what was that, mate? How will today unfold with Tim Zoo? Oh, look, mate, um, I just think he's a class above these guys. I think, look, the early rounds will be really hard. These guys are very... Typical American boxer. It's got a great skill set. But I think the as it goes further and further, Tim will win. I think he might even stop him with a with a body punch. That's my that's my tip. This guy's got his hands up. He's got a great eye. Like I said, one of those really skillful amateur guys who went to the Olympics and skillful as, as a pro as well. 
So I think Tim will wear him down and drop him with some body shots. Hey, listen, thanks, Jeff. I'll see you when you get back. We'll have a beer, mate. Can you throw Ben back on? I'll put Ben back on, mate. Good on you, buddy. Have a great day. There's the Marrickville Mauler. It's been quite an experience uh, being joined at the Hidden Tim for the past week or so here in the US. What could go wrong? You probably can't wait to get home, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> hey, Ben, just quickly, for all our listeners out there, they can watch this fight this afternoon. Where do they go to and when's the telecast start? Yes, it is a preview show from 11.30am Sydney time, which um, you can watch on main event or across the Fox Sports platforms and KO. Then the pay-per-view begins at midday Sydney time. Three fights in total, two very good undercard bouts that we'll be calling, as well as the main event, the third fight on the program, which will, of course, feature Tim Zhu against Terrell Gachet. And right here in the venue right now, we're about to see Australian heavyweight Joe Goodall. He's deep on this undercard, but... It's a big chance for him to uh, get some exposure in the United States. He'll walk out shortly. Hopefully, if things go well, we'll have highlights of that bout during the broadcast. But I can report that Ebony Bridges is just about to head into the final round of this fight over in the UK as we're watching at the moment. She looks to be well ahead on points uh, with a round of play, but uh, who knows with uh, international judges and particularly those in the UK. But it does appear that Australia's got a new world champion about to be crowned in the UK, live on Fox Sports and KO in Australia's Ebony Bridges. Terrific. Hey, Benny, we can't see it in studio here. Could you send us a text once that fight's over if Ebony has got the world title? Will do, mate. Hopefully the scores go our way. Fantastic. Hey, Ben, best of luck today with the call. Best of luck to Timmy Zoo, and um, we'll be watching this afternoon here back home in Australia. Fantastic. All right, Thanks, boys. Benny. Enjoy the fights. Cannot wait to call all the action. It could be a really special day, and... Special night over here for Australia. Can't wait for it. There's Ben Damon. He's our man on the ground in Minnesota, and he sounds confident. Jeff Fenix sounds confident, Dino. Yeah, it's it's a bit unknown, isn't it? We we know what Tim Tim Zoo can do, but you know this is a step up, bro. Mm. I know I've got to cover the six o'clock game at Brookvale tonight, but you'll I'll be, be going straight home. You'll get the fight in, and I'll be getting the fight straight in. I, I love my boxing yeah. and. I love following Tim Zhu and Australian boxing really in the middle of a wonderful resurgence. Exactly. we take a quick break on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend listening to Dino and Ray. For all the best in racing and all the latest in sport, this is Sky Sports Radio. Coming to you via 87.6 FM Narromine, 88 FM Gulgong, 87.6 FM Braidwood and 96.9 FM Cooma. Very funny, guys. Oh, come on, mate. Let me in the car. Get in! While Harry's locked out, Tab's locking in their best prices possible on a tote win bet. Activate the lock on the Tab app, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, you'll get the difference in cash. And if your horse doesn't win or the tote price is higher, you can use the lock yep, again. Yep, real fun. Tab, long may we play. Excludes WA residents. Available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1-800-858-858. What makes a masterpiece a showcase of stallion power? The autumn sun blazes in spring, bolts in six lakes. A gallery of Group 1 winners. Stronger, too much stronger. An exquisite collection. And yearning won the thousand guineas by a leak. Arrowfield Inglis Easter Draft, our greatest works of art. Find your masterpiece at Arrowfield at Inglis Easter 2022. With 28 Group 1 winners since 2018, eight that could have been purchased for $200,000 or less, Inglis Easter is the sale most likely to find you a group winner. Catalogue available now for the auction on April the 5th and 6th. Visit inglis.com.au. 
Mama, how about our incredible smeg sale at Bing Lee? No talking Italian, Lionel. See, si, Mama. Lionel. With our special smeg cooking packages. Like an oven, cooktop, ranch hood and dishwasher. You're not only saving on bellissimo, I mean beautiful Italian design. You receive a cash card worth up to $1,000. Mille dollari. Lionel, stop. Spend more, receive more. The more you purchase, the more you'll get back. For a short time only at Bing Lee. Familia Australiana owned for 65 years. The footy season is back and you'll never miss a moment with KO Sports, a team you love every game of every round, live and ad break free in play. Watch the final games of round three this afternoon with the Broncos taking on the Cowboys and then the Seagulls facing off against the Bulldogs exclusively on Fox League, available on KO. New to KO, start your free trial today. Australia just need the one and they complete a perfect group stage. Australia proving how dominant they are. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Geez, I'm copying it here. Raymond, do you have no shame at all? Raymond, do you have no shame? Well, do you? Well, I'm involved in this, but it had nothing to do with me. But we've tried to do the right thing by Murray. We'll get him back. We'll get him back. Rooster Man texts in too, right? How good getting Jeff Fennick and Ben Damon on. Certainly, it was outstanding. Great scene setting, wasn't it, from Minneapolis there? And I can't wait for Timmy Zoo to get in that ring. Timmy Zoo wins. Because as Ben Damon said, he didn't need to take this fight, Dino. That's the thing. But you know what? He's so confident in his own ability. He's born. This is his destiny, isn't it? This is his destiny. Well, this shows he wants to roll his sleeves up and rip in. He could have stayed in his living room, but he wants to get to America mm. and show the world that he is the next world champion. Exactly. Well, our next guest, talking about rolling their sleeves up and, and working hard towards a goal, he wants to get the North Sydney Bears back in the NRL. Can he do it? Let's ask the man who's leading the charge there, and Daniel Dixon is on the line. Daniel, good morning. And I was saying to Dino, Daniel, last week there was talk from the NRL about the 18th team. There seems to be a leaning maybe towards a New Zealand team or Perth. Where do the Bears lay? Good morning, Daniel. Yeah, morning, Ray. Morning, Dean. Uh, thanks for having me this morning. Um, obviously, you know, it was very exciting news when... Uh, the NRL come out with the 18th team possibility. And this really started a, a long time ago, but once they announced the 17, I don't know how long they're going to want to have a buy for. So I think those areas are definitely going to put their hands up for sure. I mean, I think Perth and, and, w, and uh, New Zealand would have a regional shift and, and, and take it to a different part of Australia and or New Zealand. Um, to me, it's really where the fans are. So for us, the last 12 months, we met with the NRL and we said we need to re-engage these 220,000-odd Bears fans who are just... Uh, in hibernation, so to speak. Uh, when they were out of the comp from 1999, they didn't go and follow another NRL side. They, they stayed true to the Bears. Um, and with that 114 years of, of history and heart, you know, we've got over a 1,000 legends who uh, have played in the red and black, and all of those people would love to see the red and black back in the NRL. Dicko, why the Bears? Tell us about your bid. Well, um, so, Dean, I think it's everyone's thinking about North Sydney Bears. The North Sydney Bears is the history that's going to be there forever and a day. Uh, to us, we're a team of the people. So our proposal with NRL is actually more around taking it to the regions. In COVID times, we saw the, the regions and regional areas grow. Uh, LGAs have just gone through the roof and housing prices have gone through the roof in regions because people are moving away from Sydney. And I've always felt that the NRL need to own rugby league in New South Wales, not just Sydney. And people keep relating us to a Sydney-based bid, and I don't see it that way. Uh, we are engaging people from all around Australia, to be honest, all around the world, but 
the Bears have fanatical fans everywhere. And so to us, a team of the people can take it into the regions and, uh, and really connect with those people that don't currently have an NRL side. Mm. Daniel, Dino said that the chance of this 18th team could come in in 2024, maybe oh, 2025. 24, 25, maybe, yeah. Dicko, yeah. I so, think so, yeah, I think yeah. so. So how, I mean, how far advanced are you with planning and preparation if you potentially could get that 18th licence? Yeah, look, I mean, I think from, from the get-go, uh, we've been talking about de-risking that growth strategy the NRL, so making sure that we are ready. Uh, I wouldn't be talking to you if we weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's obviously many silos that you take care of. I think it really needs to be a 2.0 rugby league club that comes forward um, for the 18th team because they can't be a financial burden. They must be a success on and off the football field. Uh, I feel they've got to be an entertainment side, a merchandise club, a community engagement. To me, that's the big thing. The NRL want eyeballs, they want committed, loyal fans to not only come to the game, but watch it on, on the TV as well for our partners in, in Fox and Channel 9. Um, and so to me, we are ready. We're not even looking at our talent scout there for the, for the fact that will be the last thing to come. And, and the North Sydney Bears, as of today, moving forward into the Bears, we are effectively an NRL club just without an NRL side. You know, we've got an under-sixes through to an A-grade local junior league competition. We've got junior development. We've got junior rep programs with our women's part, where we're just so proud of. Uh, all the way through now from Melissa Fiola, Tasha Gale, into our Harvey Norman women's, we just need our NRL side. So we're ready to go. Dicko, you just spoke about financial sustainability. How are your finances looking? Yeah, we've got a great group of investors uh, who, who are very committed and they have been there for a while. But making sure, I think, as a smart investor does, they make sure they only come out at the right times when they know that that's going to be uh, a possibility and, and, and that the bid is going to be in line with what, the people need, so what the NRL require and their, um, the stakeholders there. So we've got them here ready to go. And also, we've got some good corporate um, partnerships as well. So finances, to me, are not the problem. Dicko, would you keep the North Sydney in the North Sydney Bears or would you just do what Redcliffe have done in terms of just being known as the Dolphins? Would mm. you just be known as the Bears? Yeah, ironically, then we did that last year. So um, sort of prior to that Dolphins coming out, we, we took the North Sydney out of it. Remember, you can't... That, that will never go away. That will never go away, the North Sydney component of that. Uh, you know, the great fig tree at North Sydney Aval and the, the precinct that North Sydney Aval is will never leave. We've already de-Norsinified our, our logo, if that's such a word. Mm. Um, and, and what we've done there, we've made ourselves the Bears because we are a team of the people. We'll go where the people need us to go. Um, and and to, to me, that's already been done. Our logo looks fantastic. We've brought in the heritage of the 1908 Foundation Club. Probably another thing to remember is what we can bring the game back in a year has taken 114 years for a foundation club to get to this point. Mm. So like I said, you know, 220,000 fans and 1,000 legends has taken a long time to build. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Daniel, given the NRL has an appetite for an 18th club, what's your next next step on this process? Yeah, so um, our Operation De-Risk has, uh, has been all around making sure that uh, we're listening to what the NRL need. Um, one thing we haven't, we're not going to be as blindsided by a tradition and, and just you know, the red and black blood that we want to have there. It, it is not about that. This is a real, has to be a commercially viable option. Uh, it needs to be a community bid. So for us, what we're doing now is we're preparing documentation. Um, we will be obviously seeking some, some meetings with the NRL around this in this communication on what they're looking for. We already know what they're looking for, uh, but we're in the phase of preparing that right now to uh, present that to them, knowing that the official process hasn't actually opened as yet. Dicko, have you met with Peter Valenis? And if you have... Uh, can you, without talking out of school, give yeah. us some indication as to what you think he was thinking? Yeah, look, we, we met them last year, even prior to the 17th team coming out, just to let them know we're here, because I think it's very important. If you're not making noise all the time, sometimes the squeaky will get the uh, attention. 
And we didn't want to be the squeaky nails, uh, squeaky wheel. One thing to me has been from the start, this has to be a collaboration. We effectively are going to be one eighteenth of a success and we want to be a partner, not an agitator. Mm. Uh, so to me, we did meet with him and uh, Peter was obviously very respectful of the brand, knowing that the, what that did bring to the game for so long and, and what it could bring to the game moving forward. Um, no promises were made by anyone back then. I, I did put to Peter back then our, our concept of being a, a team of the people and taking it to them. Um, and, and yeah, he was very, uh, very respectful of that. And he, he, he obviously recognised the, the, what the brand can bring. Mm. Uh, Daniel, when Dino put on his socials yesterday that you were yes. one of our guests and the North Sydney Bears, or the Bears would be a topic of discussion, potentially yep. as an 18th club. I don't know if yep. you noticed, but there was a lot of reaction. I so, did. yeah, there's yeah, a lot of, lot of support for the Bears out there. And, um, look, it won't be easy, but it sounds like you've certainly got plans very pro- um, forward, they're going forward with it, and wish you the best of luck. Trying to get the Bears back in the competition, Daniel. Yeah, thanks, Rose. I was just going to say one one interesting thing, and and this is a great example of the Bears. You know, on the 9th of April, we play our first home game at North Sydney Oval, and and, uh, Peter always talks about tribalism. I think the last time I looked, tribalism definition in the dictionary was the North Sydney Bears. (laughs) Um, And so to me, that 9th of April is when we're opening a thing called the Legends Land. We've got the great Mark Graham, who was named in the New Zealand Team of the Century, actually was named as the player of the Team of the Century for New Zealand. Um, and he's coming to open that ground. And people always ask us, how do we help the Bears get back? Mm. And and it's not a tongue-in-cheek thing. For me, it's just about people. So our members, and, and for people who have become members, just jump on northcindybears.com.au. Uh, from a new era fan, for 45 bucks, they can jump on support the Bears. And that's one way that we're going to show the league we're really serious to get back in the NRL. Terrific. Look, Daniel, thanks so much for coming up on the, on the show uh, this Sunday. And, and very best of luck with the Bears bid. Dean Ray, thanks very much. Appreciate thanks, it. Dicker. There's Cheers. Daniel Dixon pushing ahead with trying to get the Bears back in the comp. What do you reckon, Dino? Oh, I think they've certainly got to be strongly considered, Ray, with the yeah. history that they've got. Their bid will go regional as well, so they're trying to embrace all those country supporters, which, you know, some are wavering about rugby league these days, mm-hmm. given bush footy is teetering. You know, Perth will be there. Wellington will be there, no doubt. But, you know, my personal, right now, I think the Bears should be the one that comes back. The reaction on your socials last night said a lot. There's a lot of support out there from. Well, there's history there, right? Yeah. And we tend to discard our history in rugby league far too much. Coming up next, Tanya with a sports update. On the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas. Parramatta beat Melbourne in Golden Point 28-24 in the NRL game at Amy Park last night. The winning points coming from a try from Ray Stone after he caught the ball that hit the upright after a failed field goal. Gold Coast threw away a 22-0 lead to go down 24-22 to Canberra. And in the early game, Penrith went 3-3 three from three after a 38-20 win over Newcastle. The Knights were down to 12 players for the second half after Mitch Barnett was sent off for elbowing Chris Smith in the jaw late in the first half. Today, Brisbane play North Queensland, Manly take on Canterbury. The NRLW semi-finalists to be decided after today's games. The Titans play the Knights, Broncos versus the Eels, both of those games at Suncorp. Newcastle will hold a seven-race program tomorrow, consisting of the seven races that were postponed yesterday at Rose Hill, including the Group 1 Tancred and Vinery Stud Stakes. The decision was made to transfer this important autumn carnival meeting as the forecast for Sydney over the next few days is for more heavy rain. Meantime, the Bob Baffert-trained Frankie de Tory-ridden country Grammar won the $12 million US dollar Dubai World Cup overnight. 
A-League scores, Wellington 2 beat Perth 1, Western United 3, Brisbane 2, Melbourne City 1-0 over MacArthur and the Central Coast 3-0 over Adelaide. Meantime, the A-League Women's Grand Final, Sydney FC versus Melbourne Victory at Jubilee Stadium today at 4.05. A huge upset in the AFL at the Adelaide Oval with Hawthorne beating Port Adelaide 120-56 to go 2 from 2 under new coach Sam Mitchell. Brisbane 97 beat Essendon. 75, Melbourne over the Gold Coast 82-69 and a big win also for Collingwood 100, Adelaide 58. It could have been their best performance all season. The Kings extending their winning streak to nine with a dominant 102-80 win over Perth in Perth last night. They put on 34 points in the opening quarter, which was their best start to a game in the NBL for three years and led 64-39 at halftime. They sit in second spot on the ladder. The match between Tasmania and Brisbane went to the wire with the Jack Jumpers winning 84-82. The Reds overcame a sending off and a sin binning down to 13 men for 10 minutes to beat the Waratahs in Super Rugby Pacific at Suncorp last night, 32-20. to The Crusaders, 34, beat the Chiefs, 19. The Blues, 32, over the Highlanders, 25. The 2022 Super Netball season began yesterday with Adelaide taking on Collingwood in Adelaide, the Thunderbirds beating the Magpies 54-50, while the Sydney Derby, a grand final rematch. The Giants managed to turn the result to win this time by 2 points, 57 over the Swifts, 55. The Swifts superstar goal shooter Sam Wallace fell in the final quarter and she was wheelchaired off. The team will be anxiously waiting for an update from the doctors today. Alex Demonor won his match at the Miami Tennis Masters overnight, unfortunately at the expense of fellow Aussie Jordan Thompson. Demonor won in straight sets 6-2, 6-3, and he'll join Nick Kyrgios and Tanasi Kokonakis in the third round. Shane Van Gisbergen won yesterday's first race in the Supercars round at Simmons Plains in Tasmania after starting the race from fifth on the grid. There are two further races today. Despite concerns over a missile attack causing a raging fire at a nearby oil depot, the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix will go ahead. Red Bull's Sergio Perez will start from pole, his first ever from 215 attempts. Charles Leclerc will join him on the front row. His Ferrari teammate Carlos Sainz on the second row with Perez's teammate Max Verstappen. The second qualifying session was marred by a horror crash involving Mick Schumacher who clipped a curb. He was taken to hospital in an ambulance and luckily he was conscious at the time. And on the eve of the much-anticipated boxing bout between Tim Zhu and Terrell Gashane in Minneapolis, Aussie Sky Nicholson has had a great start to her professional boxing career with a unanimous victory over Beck Connolly in Leeds. Also in Leeds, as you mentioned to Ben Damon before, Emily Bridges is in a world title fight against Maria Cecilia Roman. And she's just won, And Tim. she's just won. She's just oh, won. Ben Damon to send me a text. She has won that world title fight, the super IBF, bantamweight title. Yeah, the yeah. IBF women's bantamweight world title. Yeah. So how how good fantastic. That? That's well, you can see we've, we've been watching SAS Australia. How determined is that, that lady? Yeah, she she's, yeah she's a pocket rocket, isn't she? Oh, doesn't give up. No, yeah. she doesn't. Now, being a world-famous athlete, boys, doesn't always transfer to, you know, other parts in life. Um, one being the silver screen. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron James, who has a wing, Mega I would star. imagine, on his home, one of his many homes, full of trophies and awards and, you know, recognitions for his, his talent on the basketball court. And probably other things as well. Yeah. Well, he has um, received a couple of other awards overnight. 
Um, we have the Oscars on Monday and pre and prefacing the Oscars every year is um, an award ceremony called the Golden Raspberries, also known as the Razzies. They're, they're for the worst. They're for the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So LeBron, has, uh, ta- he was nominated <laughs> he? for four awards and he has taken away the coveted Worst Actor <laughs> Award in a film. Um, the Worst Screen Combo, which is LeBron and any Warner Brothers character or product, and the Worst prequel, rip-off or sequel for his Space Jam, A New Legacy. So he's no Michael Jordan. <laughs> no. Well, Dennis Rodman also won um, a couple of Razzies uh, and Shaquille O'Neal has been um, nominated for a few. So, yeah, it's not one of the awards you want to win, is it? Do you reckon, um, do you reckon I would he some of them do actually. Yeah. I do remember um, Sandra Bullock won it one year, and mm. she actually turned up at the ceremony to get her oh, award. Yeah. God bless her. Yeah. yeah, that was great. So remember when we saw LeBron in in Madison Square Garden? We did. Luckily and enough to see in he the flesh. T- turned that game around, didn't he? In a second. That's second right. Quarter. They beat the the Knicks. Yeah. In that final quarter. He was playing for. Um, his old team. Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. So according to the critics, the movie um, cited the film's lack of humour. Overtly heavy product placement and promotion of <laughs> Warner Brothers properties. Surprise, surprise. Sounds like an episode of The Block. Um, and long time runtime compared to the original. So, yeah, so he's not infallible, there LeBron. Go. There, there go. we go. He's not perfect. He's got a couple of Razzies to his name now. <laughs> Do you reckon he cared, Dino? No. <laughs> Counting the zeros, Tan. Then if we ever, get, bank we ever get Dino on Home and Away, yeah. let's hope he's not nominated for one. We're, st- we're still trying hard on that. We haven't given up, Dino. Last two Thursdays, it's normally on for an hour and a half. It's been cut back to half an hour. A couple of oh SMSs about you that. Joke. People say it's happy. a couple of SMSs. Uh, they say it's an absolute disgrace. That is outrageous. What's That's the story outrageous. there, Dina? Why? I don't know, but I'm not happy. So that gives you a little half hour less from your normal end of week. Well, it little also stops me having to tell a fib about watching the rugby league on Thursday night when I'm watching a little bit of home. Oh, it's so when I'm texting you and you don't reply. It's because you're still watching home. Oh, now I understand. <laughs> Waiting for a commercial break. I'm yeah. channel surfing, Ray. Oh, no. I'm channel surfing. Now, uh, well, Buzz comes up. Well, Dino's probably in bed. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. You know i got Buzz in trouble. With he texted us food. during the week. Remember he came on here and talked mm. about his hot cross buns? Yeah. He texted you and I saying, should I buy them? I you rang, didn't ring his lovely wife. I rang wife. his lovely oh, wife. Oh, no. She no. rings him and says, Phil, is get it, away from those hot cross sacred. buns. <laughs> he said nothing sacred. So he rang me back. He wasn't happy. I'm about to say. He gave me two days of silence. <laughs> well, coming up next, we'll have Phil Buzz Rothfield. Hunter's post-mortem with Ron Duffersey. When you get to these grand finals, you, you take bad luck out of the equation if you've got a predominant cult like him. Glenn Munsey. It was a case of the best horse in the race written to show that he was the best horse. Dean Lester. Wasn't as fresh as he was two weeks ago where he probably was just concentrating on getting him to switch off and ultimately it meant position running was against him, but Saturday he knew that he could chop and change his tempo a bit. Hunter's post-mortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. With 28 Group 1 winners since 2018, eight that could have been purchased for $200,000 or less, Inglis Easter is the sale most likely to find you a Group winner. Catalogue available now for the auction on April the 5th and 6th. Visit inglis.com.au. Mum, we've got a great Bingley offer for amateur chefs like us. I'm not that amateur. A bonus Woolworths supermarket e-gift card up to $400. With selective kitchen and laundry appliances. If you cook like Mum, you can buy lots of food to practice. If you cook like Lano, you'll need lots of washing powders for your clothes. Get a bonus Woolworths supermarket e-gift card with selected kitchen and laundry appliances at Bingley. Australian family owned for 65 years. Introducing the Drive Car of the Year. 
the all-new Kia Sportage. Awarded for its new turbo engine that gives you progressive performance. The Kia Sportage has a boldly sculpted sportsback design and soft touch leather interior, making it a natural leader. Kia Sportage, the drive car of the year. To find out more, visit kia.com.au or visit your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. And they're racing. It's the Manly to Mudgee Horse Races at Mudgee Racecourse Sunday the 3rd of April. Ahead by a nose to the Manly Seagulls versus the Raiders at Glen Willow Stadium, the Wembley of the West, Saturday the 2nd of April. Tickets now at 123ticks.com.au. Oh, how good to hear the great mm. Kenny Sutcliffe, hey. the male the great man. Male model from, from Mudgee. Mudgee. That's it. Yeah. Great man, Kenny. <laughs> Footy season's back, Ray, and you'll never miss a moment with KO Sports, the team you love every game of every round, live and ad break free in play. Watch the final games of round three this afternoon with the Broncos playing the Cowboys and the Seagulls facing off against the Bulldogs, exclusively on Fox League, available on KO. New to KO, start your free trial today. Davis finding Albert, the juggle, the spin, he crashes over the PNG captain in multicultural round. She talked about what her heritage means to her. She scores on an important day for the Dragons. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Hey, Dean, remember I mentioned it was Wellington Boot Day today? Big day for Wellington. One of our regular listeners, Michelle from Dubbo, she just um, chimed in and sent me a message remembering an incident with a former co-host of this show who arrived at Wellington. We had a um, uh, the show at Wellington for the races one year and he got to the pub at Wellington well before I did and ordered a, a steak. Well, the steak didn't turn up in, a, in the time which he thought was fair, was okay. Right. It took about a half hour to get cooked and the blow-up... He's never, he's never been welcomed back at Wellington ever since. <laughs> we should do it outside broadcast. Where can we, we go? Do. Producer Steve, yeah, he might yeah. work on that for us. Country race meetings out there. If they want us yeah. to come out on a Sunday, we'd love to Producer come. Steve, he's all, he's all for it. Producer Steve's all for it. All right. What about your rugby league about commitments? Oh, I can put them off for a day. <laughs> put them the Gold Coast track? Oh, I'm going to ask this next guest whether... How you would go if you're on an outside the Gold Coast? Would he? Just Maybe he can come with us. I'd love you to Phil come. Buzz Rothfield, an OB somewhere. What do you reckon, mate? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. How is anyone going to turn up for an outside broadcast at seven a.m. on a Sunday? <laughs> well, if you like, love the show, please. you turn up. If you're a, got a passion for sport, mate, everyone sleeps in, dog. Well, our ratings doesn't suggest so. Phil and Tanya, the only ones <laughs> that get up early Sunday. Well, our, our ratings don't suggest you're right. Yeah, you're probably right, but, you know, <laughs> So are you, are you saying you won't come, Buzz? Is that what you're saying? I shan't be there, right? <laughs> no, not on a Sunday morning. Now, now, Buzz, now, but just... No, I want to give Buzz a right to reply. Is that all right? Well, I want to explain to him what I've just told you about the hot cross buns drama during the week. You got him in trouble, Dean. That's what you did. So run us through it, Phil. What what unfolded in your opinion? Well, I was, <laughs> I was up at the Curring Bar Shopping Centre and I walked past Baker's Delight and I was tempted by some chocolate hot cross buns. Which you're not allowed to eat. I know. I took a photo and sent them to you. To Ray and I? Said, Should I? So you ring my wife. <laughs> and then on the... One of the lowest acts of all time. <laughs> He's put you so right in. What happened then? Did she ring you? Once, once, no, no, I, yeah, she rang me and gave me, said, don't you dare. And <laughs> so I went into Woolies. And there's a new product they've got. It's called Snackles. And it's yeah. 97... What are they, Buzz? What are they? I sent me a picture yesterday. I didn't know what they were. They're like Cocoa Pops on a Mars bar type of thing, but they're 97% sugar-free. 
Billy, I only care about your health, that's all. Yeah, I knocked over a couple of them watching the most <laughs> remarkable Super Saturday yesterday with a cup of tea. How good well, was it? Well, let's talk about that, Buzz. We'll go to the final game, the, the, the Canberra game, when the, they were down 22-0 late in the first half against the Titans. It was game over, Buzz. It was, and you know what? I was only going to text Dog and say, geez, I'm feeling for Ricky Stewart. But, uh, you know, if you're down, they scored just before half-time, didn't they? But mm. if you're down against the Titans by that amount on your home ground, I'm, I was really worried about Ricky and pressure would build on him and the media and all. But then they, I don't know where they found that second-half form from, but they are outstanding and we all know the injuries they've had and they don't have Croker in the side and they've, Lost Josh Hodgson for the year on top of the English players, uh, George Williams and John Bateman. And mm. I was really worried whether they'd be, you know, I, I thought they were shaping up as a 15th or 16th team from what I saw in the first half. But that was fantastic rugby league, the way they came back. And Ricky's got a couple of hands. I'm really wrapped in that big tall halfback he's got. Schneider, mm. is it? Mm. The you, he looks like dog with that headgear, um, he looks like Matt Burton, doesn't he? He's big, yeah. he's strong, he's, uh, he can kick a football, beautiful long cutout pass to the left to his winger for a try. And um, He's going to be a very good player, that boy. And uh, Yeah, Brad Schneider, yeah. just his third in a row game, kicking the match Brad winner. Schneider, yeah. So certainly got a, a future ahead of him. Buzz, give me one numeral. How long should Mitch Barnett get? Oh, uh, if it, I think he'll get six, but I'd give him eight. Yeah. Mm. It was because a brain was snap, like, wasn't it? Look, you see these things that go wrong, high-speed, high-power, collision sport, when they're in collisions. But for that to happen off the ball, so far off the ball that it wasn't funny, was totally out of order. It was a cheap shot. If you did in the street, you'd face mm. a court, you'd be charged and... And he's got to get eight weeks, in my view. Mm. And I'm all for the night sticking up and other people in rugby league saying it was totally out of character, which I'm sure it was. But the bottom line is he did it, and it was a shocking incident. A terrible look for the game if he gets anything less than six to eight weeks. That's mm. my view. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, Buzz, I will ask you about the Sharks in a sec, but the Eel Storm game, Golden Point, classic game of footy, and your take on the Panthers' win over the Knights? Oh, yeah, the Panthers were good, but it wasn't unexpected, was it? And mm. Even though they won clearly, what, they win 38-20 yes. by 18 points. I thought it was brave from Newcastle to hang in so long for 12 points, but uh, to, to only get beaten in the manner in which they did with 12 players. Mm. The game I was really impressed with was Power and Storm and um, that Ray Stone. And I was thinking about it last night. Scored two tries in the last eight minutes. There's probably 300 more skillful players in the NRL than Ray Stone. But when it comes to energy, effort, Involving himself in every single play, he'd been in the top 10. And it was just a marvellous, you know, advertisement for some footballers who were just the important, integral part of the 17-man squad, even if they're not the million-dollar playmaker mm. or the Latrell Mitchell out the back. And every team needs someone like Ray Stone. And he's a phenomenal signing for the Redcliffe Dolphins because they're going to have some younger players there. And if his attitude to the game can rub off on young footballers, 
it's going to be, you know, he'll be a leader when he gets there. And it, mm. it was fantastic what he did. And, um, and for the Melbourne Storm boys, um, they should probably look at a couple of old videos of Ray Price, I would suggest. <laughs> how he, whenever there was a kick, a field goal, whatever, he'd always be, yeah. have his back to the kicker mm. and looking for a rebound off the post. Miraculous win in the end. No name on this text that's just come in, Buzz. Uh, did Buzz just say he had a snackle with a cup of tea watching Saturday footy? Investigation required. <laughs> Well, I sent you two last night a picture of the box of snacks. You did, yeah. <laughs> and they're ninety-seven percent sugar-free, Dean, okay. which is really important okay. to an old man like myself. You know, I care about you, Phil. Tim Zoo, Buzz. Oh yeah. Trying mm. to restore. You've written in your column in today's Sunday. Tell you what's the Buzz column? Restore boxing's honour after Barry Hall mm. pocketed six hundred thousand dollars to be knocked out inside two minutes. Well, by Sonny Bill Williams, I should add. You you think about it. What's the average wage in Australia? About a hundred grand. Average oh, wage. Oh, less than that, Buzz. That. About seventy, Buzz. Yeah. Well, it would take our listeners, many of our listeners, eight years to earn six hundred thousand hmm. dollars. Barry got into the ring, in my view, hopelessly underprepared, and I don't like bagging anyone who gets into a boxing ring because they. It's it's a courageous thing to do, particularly against a beast like Sonny Bill Williams. But to pick up $300,000 a minute, to slip twice, which I think he did, and then he copped a huge punch from Sonny Bill, I, I just don't think it's good for the sport. Mm. That's what I wrote about Tim Zoo today. There, there are some great Australian boxers at the moment. You look at... George Cambosis, you look at Tim Zoo, you look at what Jeff Horn's done in recent years, you look at our proud history of Harding, Fennec, Kostyazoo. I think it's really important on the world stage where Tim is today. This is going to be a magnificent fight because mm. the guy he's in against, uh, the Olympian Terrell Gorsha, has never been stopped in a fight. He's a really, really dangerous opponent and this is going to be a blockbuster and, look, I'm desperately hoping Tim can win and get that opportunity to fight for a world title. Mm. We, we had Ben Damon on earlier, Buzz, and he'll be calling the fight uh, for Fox Sports later today. And I, I did ask him why um, Tim would take such a dangerous fight, given he is guaranteed a world title shot coming up very, very shortly. But in Ben's words, he said Tim's a lunatic. And I think he meant that in the context that this guy just has no fear. He is so confident. And he just wants to box on the big stage. He's ready. Yeah, well, look, he's very much like his father with his mental approach to mm. boxing and the, the the psychology of, you know, not fighting stiffs in a in a in a boxing ring and to you know to to get in there and do his best against the best fighters. And you're right, it, it, and I don't think he's going to be making. You know, it's not a million dollar purse or anything like that. He, he'll probably get a hundred grand from the fight. But um, I think we're going to see a great Australian fighter this afternoon. Um, not sure what time will come on. Probably early afternoon. Yeah, about two o'clock. Ben was saying, yeah. So. Two o'clock. Yeah, it? about yeah. that time. Yeah, no, I'm hanging out for this one. Mm. I spoke to Jeff for next during the week. Jeff, did you have Jeff on this morning, or just we had Ben on, and I asked him to put the phone over, so we had a quick chat to Jeff. Yeah, Jeff seems confident and, you know, he's as good a judge as anyone. He, he thinks Tim's a, a class act and 
I heard you talk about that lady Bridges who just mm. won in England too a world title. Isn't yep. boxing doing well? Absolutely. I wrote a story this morning. It wasn't part of my column, but Tarek Sims's wife Ashley has taken up professional boxing, wow. and she's signed with No Limit, Matt Rose, and she had eight amateur fights and won six of them. But she's going to be on the undercard to the Olympian Harry Garside's fight uh, April six at the Horton Pavilion. So. She is a very, very impressive fighter too. She's training six days a week. Tarek, apart from playing football, has had to get home in time to pick up the kids, do the rounds of Woolworths, cook them dinner, put them to bed. And I love seeing footy players chipping in at home like that. It reminds me of my life, Dean, how much I do around home. You're very stable, <laughs> Phil. You're very stable. Yes. Tell us about Adam Dewey, Buzz. Has he stirred up some of the Tigers boys inadvertently, perhaps? Look, I like football players who speak honestly and the way they see things, but there's a few West Tigers players and uh, officials who weren't all that happy with some quotes in a Christian Nicolucci story in nine newspapers last week. Adam Dewey, the offending quote was, the game had that look of boys not putting in and of course, he can't do anything about it, Adam Dewey. He's the best player, but he's sidelined for half the season with that knee injury. But it hasn't gone down well with the playing group. You saw my quotes from Tim Sheens during the week. He's fully supporting the playing group and the coach, Michael Maguire, and he thinks these sort of remarks should be kept in-house. But I like Adam Dewey, and I like any footballers who speak their mind and don't give the cliched PR answers just to keep the club happy mm. you know we need more players like Adam Dewey telling the truth and if they want to perform in the manner in which they did against Newcastle last Sunday afternoon they deserve people speaking openly and honestly about how pathetic they were in my view. Mm. Ah, fair enough. Hey uh, Buzz two games to complete round three today I know you're going to be watching the fight first with Timmy Zoo, but then at four o'clock the Broncos take on the Cowboys. That's a, a real grudge match. And then at 6 p.m., Manly versus the Bulldogs. How do you see these two games, Buzz? Oh, the, the, the Broncos have been super impressive, haven't they? And with another game with Adam Reynolds there steering them around the park, I think they're going to be awfully hard to beat. They'll get a huge crowd there in Brisbane. And I think the Broncos will win, but the Cowboys showed a lot last weekend and, mm. uh, against the Raiders. The Raiders were dreadful, but uh, look, I think the Broncos will win. I hope it's like last night's two games and it goes down to the wire. This is a really interesting game down at Brookvale Oval, particularly with the story in the Sunday Telegraph today that Jake Avarillo, the halfback, looks like being dropped from the Bulldogs' side after only two games. I find very, very surprising. They weren't that far off against the Broncos, and mm. they, they beat the Cowboys round one. Brandon Wakeham will apparently start at halfback. It shows how far off uh, Cole Flanagan is, that even though he's playing well in New South Wales Cup, he's now the number three fullback on $450,000 a year at the Bulldogs. It's Trent Barrett's first return game to Brookvale as a coach. They didn't play there last year. And, uh, look, I'm expecting Manly to click this afternoon. The pressure's building. The Bob Fulton stand opens. An emotional day for all Manly fans. And I think they'll be too strong for the Bulldogs. No, fair enough. Hey, Buzz, enjoy the fight. Enjoy both games. And we'll talk next week. Yeah, thank you. And I will not be sending any more photos <laughs> of hot cross buns. Because no, they soon, should. 
He's Dirt put, can't keep text messages private like they're supposed to put be. You right in, hasn't he, Buzz? You go <laughs> and watch Tim Zoo, watch the footy and have a couple of snackles, all right? He put you right See? in, didn't he, Buzz? <laughs> Gee, oh, mate, it was disgraceful. Only <laughs> looking after you, Phil, I care. Hey, good on you, Buzz. We'll talk next week. Hey, Dino, just quickly some team changes for today's two games. Yeah, there's not a heap, Ray. Broncos, Cowboys, 4 o'clock. Corey Jensen for Brisbane, being promoted from the reserve list to the interchange bench. Cowboys, no changes. Uh, Manly Dogs, Brookvale, 6.15. Des has a stuck solid with his 17. The Bulldogs' suggestions that Jake Avarillo may be sacked for this game. Jaden Ockenbohr also comes out of the side, replaced by Aaron Shoup. Luke Thompson named to start. Corey Waddell on the bench. And Davida Pangai will be moved to an edge. Glenn, the Newcastle Seagull said, Morning, Ray, Bulldog and Tanya. Congratulations on your non-controversial inflection-free quiz win, Ray. Early retirement Bulldogs will be sacked within three episodes if he ever gets a start on home and away. I'm waiting. We're we're still working hard on that, Glenn. I don't think you are. No, well, no, I've... Been working behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. My man's, my middle man's let me down a All few right. times, but I'll go with you. He keeps saying he can come through in the crunch. We'll wait and see. Coming up on Racing HQ with Simon Harrison, Mick Wallace will preview the showcase meeting at Wellington. Big meeting up there today. And Gary Cleese will also look at the race meeting at Grafton. On Radio Tab, stand by for Pass the Post. And if you'd like to revisit any of today's interviews or show, or indeed the controversial quiz, go to Spotify or the podcast icon on your iPhone or Android. Thanks for listening over the last three hours. It's been great fun as always. Enjoy your Sunday. And enjoy your sport.